I'll just turn down the nitrous oxide. It's just the gas. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Beyond Vainui and Bongia. It's Big Damn Cast. I'm Big Damn Christ. I am Big Damn Buddha. Oh, <laughs> you are laughing. Yes. He's always laughing, his I'm Buddha. I'm a happy god. Um, Have you noticed? Only the big Buddha is laughing. Only the little skinny one always looks really upset. It's because he's not had enough McDonald's. <clears throat> True that. It does make your day. It... <laughs> We're not endorsed, but if they would like to sponsor us... We'd probably have to morally think about it. They don't use that slogan anymore, it's fine. <clears throat> it makes your day like Buddha. It used to Come be... to McDonald's, we'll make your day like the Buddha. No, because it used to be, McDonald's makes your day. And now it's... I, I, I don't mean... I'm loving it. I don't mean to be an arsehole, but how old are you? Uh, really old. <laughs> Older than time. Really old. Older than space. So old, Christopher. But that's right. You're not the oldest thing on the menu today, because we're going to ancient Egypt. Are we? Well, no, oh. uh, they, they wouldn't raise the funds. But uh, aside from that, we are going to be talking about, about the mummy, and we're also going to be uh, basically spelling out our favourite movie monsters of all time. Because with the mummy coming out, what better occasion do we have to chat shit about a random topic? To Literally fair, any, any, any other day. Any episode. But it's any. the algorithm, isn't it? It's the it's <laughs> old algorithm. <laughs> it's the old algorithm. Ooh. Old algorithm. Well, by that... By that. By that rationale, we Aye. should really do another Wonder Woman episode. <clears throat> dum, dum, bum, 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 bum. Maybe next time. I don't know any good Wonder Woman books, because I don't think I've ever actually read a pure Wonder Woman story. Someone asked me the other day, a friend of mine asked me, like, what do you recommend Wonder Woman book-wise? And I was like, I, I, I don't. And I think that's just because I've never read one that really struck me. I've heard that the John Byrne run, is it John Byrne? George Perez. Mm. George Perez runs apparently quite good, and they've gone on sale on the DC app. Well, now. that was her post-crisis <clears throat> like, re- reboot like we were talking about earlier with yeah. Man of Steel was that John, John Byrne's one, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, was, was it Denny O'Neill and um, thingy, uh, the other guy, for Neil Adams for Batman? Was that post-crisis? So. I think so, I'm not sure. Um, I think they were pre and post, weren't they? Possibly. He was post-crisis of the 80s. I know his post-crisis origin was year one. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah, so the 80s. Ah, uh, they might have been off the tail end of their version then, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because um, they were like Rachel Ghoul and all that stuff. Crisis Shirtless sword fighting. Crisis on Infinite Earths was 1984. So My God, sir. I think it was 1984. Yeah, it was My 1984. God. Well, while we're touching on DC, like a filthy pervert. Oh, hello. You've been playing Injustice now. I have. I've got Injustice God's a poppin'. Oh, it's pretty good, though, isn't it, Chris? Title. It's pretty great. It's pretty good. It's so damn sweet. Tell me, tell me, tell me, Don Miguel. Uh, tell tell me, me tales of El Diablo. Deadshot's a bastard, isn't it? He is. Deadshot's horrible. I started using a bit of Deadshot. Because if you can <laughs> if you can pull off his moves, you can re- and keep your distance. If you can do what, sir? If you can pull off his moves and keep I, your distance. I pray to the gods that that is not what I think it is. You'll spray bullets everywhere. <laughs> So, you know. Oh, God. It'll be good. I, I hated him at first because he replaced Deathstroke, who was one of my favourite players in the first one. I was like, oh, they've just swapped him out for Deadshot just because Deadshot was in Suicide Squad, the movie. That's the only reason they've done it. And la, la, la. But then I started playing as him a bit. I was like, he's pretty much the same, just minus the sword. Like he, he's, it, You may as well be playing as Deathstroke. Well, no, he's he's got guns. <clears throat> Lots of guns. Lots of guns. Um, I can't master him, though, but when people do, they, when you, they hurt me so yeah, bad. Yeah, when you get used to using his meter burns, it, yeah. you can just 
fill the screen with bullets. God, because you know that you know the um, <laughs> the down the down away X move, which you use your sniper rifle and it's a yeah. low it's a low attack. You meter burn that, he doesn't fire off one shot. He fires off five. Oh god, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And like you basically the other, <laughs> like, like you can do you can do the trick shot. You do the trick shot with a meter burn. You can juggle people with it. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Oh, After Jesus. this podcast, we might have to have a little play with him. Oh, God, yeah. And then put the game in. Hey! <laughs> um, Big Will, Drew Hill. I've been, main- <laughs> I've been maining Green Arrow, so I think I'm definitely leaning towards, you know, those characters who can sort of control the space a bit more and, and zoning, they call it, in fighting yeah. game terms. Um, but the thing that occurs to me, the reason why I've got so into it is because it, I think it's much more accessible than any fighting game I've come across before. I mean, the first in... I think NetherRealms have been really pushing that since Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah. It's making the game more and more accessible and making it and helping it to... Because you've got something like Street Fighter. Like, I've got Ultra Street Fighter 4. Yeah. That thing is <clears> impenetrable. <throat> what are you playing on that PS4? On? PS4. Okay. It's absolutely impenetrable. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I had Street Fighter 4 on release, which is what, 2009? Yeah. I had Street Fighter 4 on release. I did the tutorial. I played a few rounds and then went, I just can't do this. Mm. I can't do it. It's mental. Like, give me Street Fighter 2 on the SNES. I'm fine. Like I can cope with that. I can I can pull off a decent amount of combos. But Street Fighter Four was like this is impossible. I traded. It's the first game I ever traded in. I traded it in two weeks after I got it, so mm. it was still like I had the same it's still thing. like you trade back in the day, back in the day, children, when you could trade in a very recent game and still get close to the original retail price. I bought it for forty five quid and I got uh, twenty nine ninety nine back. That's not too bad because it was like mint condition. It had been put in a PlayStation twice, and they looked at it and they're like, "Yes, it's fine." This is fine. This is fine, but I know what you mean. Like, I think also as well, it's because on the surface, obviously, we've got a bit of advantage in the sense that we know all these characters. But yeah, yeah. on the surface, you can look, take one look at your character, and go, "Oh, I instantly know their deal. Mm. Like, I know what I'm going to get with them." You might have a few, like a few surprises. You might look at Atrocitus for the first time and go, "Oh, he's a brute character," and then you go, "Oh shit, he's got some projectile and like magic style moves as well." Okay. Yeah, you can put. The, I also, I've had some trouble with Atrocitus and a floating cat. Oh, Dexter's um, great. It's such a weird addition. I mean, I, I like the fact that it's there, but it was so... When he popped up in story mode, I was like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. The kid, he's out to play. Yeah. He raises um, a ring on his tail, Chris. He, well, he does. That is true. But he's no... Uh, he's no... Um, oh, what's his name? The squirrel. Oh, um... Oh, God. I can never remember the squirrel green on Little name. Little shit balls. Little furry shit sticks. It's not Clurt, is it? No, it's um. Oh god, what's his name? His name? I don't know. Is I, I I read a book with him in like not a week ago. Oh god! Hi everybody. I'm I'm now th- I'm now thinking of the Robot Chicken DC comic special where he makes a very brief appearance in the like. Look at these! Can you believe they're real? Do you, like, need, me to, do you need me to look up who the squirrel green? No, I, I think I think I think I'm gonna I, look him up. I think gonna... I need to suffer. I'm going to look him up. I think up. I need to suffer no, for I'm, my I'm gonna, No, we've, gone, we've come this far down the rabbit hole now. <laughs> I'm going to look him up. What is the squirrel grin? Okay, let's do this. Let's do this <laughs> like one day. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. What is the squirrel green lantern called? Oh, let's see what happens. Yeah. It's actually not oh. picking up. Oh, right. You're just not... Hey. According to Wikipedia... CHP is Chip. It's Chip. It's Chip. Google gave up. CHP. Just a squirrel, a chipmunk. Doesn't say. That's how it says all. That's how Google says all. Oh, squirrel or chipmunk. God yeah. damn it. He's, he's called Chip. Chipstick. Chip Can we get a Chip skin for Green Lantern? In... 
Injustice 2. I do miss all the alternate costumes, but I quite <clears> like that you can make approximations yeah. of them from the gear. I do th- I do think that down the line they'll sneak them in. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Because, for example, I've got some Superman stuff at the minute in terms of a couple of costume items and a colour thing that are basically his Godfall outfit. Oh, God. So, yeah. Oh, but, God. Oh, it looks quite cool in Injustice. But it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's... um. There's ways. I mean, obviously, like Wonder Woman, she's like. Yeah, they've got the movie. Has that run out now? I believe so. Because I, I finished it. I, I didn't finished re- it a few really days ago. Because I just wasn't high leveled enough for a lot of it. Yeah. So. Oh god. Yeah. Like it recommended you be at level twenty to play the the third part of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, the fifth part of it. Sorry. And I was like, oh shit. And I spent ages training up my like Diana. Now, as a result, is my strongest character. Yeah. She's like level twenty two. Um. And then I went into it, and it's just a one one fighter, um, sequence. It's just you and Cheetah. But obviously, oh. Cheetah's level twenty. So the reason why they're like recommending oh, okay. level twenty is because they're like, you need to be able to take on Cheetah. Um, so once I did that, I was like, wait, I've been training five days. <laughs> it's one fight. God damn it! But because of that, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty good at Wonder Woman. She's she's the first member of my AI um, team as well. Because yeah, of that. I've I've only messed around a little with that, but that's pretty cool. And I've also unlocked that much gear for her that like isn't the five movie gears that I have. Like my second Wonder Woman. You know, in terms of you make multiple, for those who don't know that, you can make multiple versions of each character and you can unlock more spaces for it the higher level your character gets. Um, loadouts, they're called, isn't it? Yeah. My second Wonder Woman, that loadout is just me using all the non movie, most powerful stuff I've got. Nice. With a god skin on. So she's like glowing white with white eyes and she looks pretty freaky. Nice. Nice. Um, but you're digging it. I'm digging it so much. Um, and if people want to dig it with us, where should they find us? Hey, man, you can join our guild. <laughs> what is the guild? What is the guild ID? You know the guild ID. I don't know the guild. The guild ID. Uh, if you want to search names, but apparently that doesn't work very well. I'm going to uh, try myself. Well. But we are the big damn guild. But our guild ID is two M H K zero two M H K zero. Come and join us. Come and join us, like the scouts, because you get bonus rewards. We've um, there's like just a few of us in there. There's like three of us, like yeah. regularly working on doing stuff. Doing bits and, and every now and again, just get a bunch of mother boxes. Just like, by the way, your guilds want a bunch of mother boxes. You're like, yeah, oh great, okay. So uh, it's worth it for them, that loot fam. Apparently, though, today after the first update. First patch ahead of the uh, DLC starting to leak yes. in. The cost of mother boxes has gone up by fifty uh, percent. I haven't bought any mother boxes. So Neither have I. Nice. Like you fight that much that there's no point. Yeah. I think there are. I think there must be a batch of players who've played like the story mode, a few multiverses, and then have just spent all the earnings they've made in the game on mm-hmm. mother boxes. And I'm like, guys, just play. You get a fair just play bit in the story. Or- have at least five AI matches a day, and you get in five. Do the daily challenges, you get in a gold, a bronze, a silver, and a gold. Just, just play, man. Yeah, yeah. just play. We come to play. Yes. Um, oh, <laughs> speaking okay. of that, I cracked out the Wii this week, and my god, it hasn't aged well. So, um, hey. enough of that, though. <laughs> Those who follow our YouTube channel might notice this week's Big Damn Love episode just gone. Uh, I covered the 1999 version of the movie The Mummy. What did you cover it in, Chris? Did it have anything to do with the movie? There's like five words I want to say. <laughs> and all of them will get this thing stricken from oh, the yeah, internet. Oh yeah, because we've not said enough things on this thing. <laughs> the legs of Anubis. I'm going to closely. <laughs> so good. Uh, I spent you ten are... minutes doing that. How you... sad is that? You are, a, you are a bad man. I am. I am. You're a bad man. But not a ba- as bad a man as Imhotep, who was, of he, course... Was, he was a bad man. Cursed with the Homdai. And even back in the, um, in the original 1930s, Two film? 
think. Jesus, um, Imhotep, yeah, well, Imhotep uh, was also the mummy in question in that. He was cursed, and he rises and begins to look for his lost love. Um, and it's stopped, bizarrely in that one, it's, um, it's, it's, oh uh, god, what's his name? Monster movie actors, shit. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, yes. I wasn't thinking Lon Chaney, but it was a different one. It's Boris Karloff as Imhotep, as the mummy, and Ardith Bay, who is the man, like, charged with guarding the mummy, but also might be a bad guy as well. Yeah. That's the one, the, the most common used image when people show the image of that film is him in a fez with mm. a really crinkly face. That's not the mummy, that's Ardith Bay. Because mm. he's, like, 900 years old or something like that. It's, it's... it's well, yeah, you'd be a bit crinkly if you were an hour A little bit, yeah. But it's like a double roll thing, and it's, it's a cracking flick. Uh, it's worth a watch. And I look at, uh, in that episode, we talked about a few of the remakes. But obviously, the new Mummy's coming out. Now, we've not seen it as of this recording. No, it's not out until after this episode will go up. Yeah, in fact, I think you're watching it the night of this episode going up. Yes. So, travel yes. back in time and tell us what you thought of it. In fact, here it is, Ma- Matthew's time travel review of 2017's The Mummy. Tom Cruise, in it? Did he run? Yeah. Screams weird. Drives an ambulance. Oh. Is London in it? That's a Fieber Taze, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Does she have Does she have legs? Oh, she has legs. Okay. Just checking. Because, you know, gazelle in it. She's got legs. She got wires. Uh, come in. Yeah. She got wires. Coming out of her skin. Coming out of her skin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, uh, uh, what's the rating out of 10 for the movie? Um, it's sand out of 10. Cool. Uh, and as that rating starts to run out, just grab it and turn it over. Yeah, exactly. So um, it never it never goes down. Perpetual sand. Your perpetual sand rating. As long as there's someone there to turn it. Infinite sand. <clears throat> Infinite sand. Infinite sand. Now, movie monsters obviously are a big part of movie history like the big the original sort of big pictures like the ones that were comedies and romances that started to draw in audiences with the horrors of the uh namely 30s 40s and then the 50s it sort of turned into like b-movie sci-fi alien flicks things about paranoia and everything i find that when you get a new media format yeah then the first two things that fill it are me uh, horror and porn Pretty much. Sometimes both at the same time. And sometimes both disguised as one. Yes. Um, or one disguised as the other. Yeah. Oh, lordy, lordy. Oh. I'll never roam again. It's, um... Oh, Christ. But as as a sort of a celebration of a film we've not yet seen, uh, that is uh, based on a thing that's quite near and dear to us... Celebration of the concept... Of horror and horror. mummies and werewolves and vampires and all that good shite. Oh, I love that shit. We've decided to pick our top three movie monsters. Now, we've both oh, got I. a top three. Oh, we've got I. some honourable mentions. Um, oh, I. So what I want to do is we've not told each other what they are. I've not. I've not. But I've really told myself what they are. What I, want you to do, what I want you to do, good sir, kind sir. Good sir. Kind sir. Yes. Uh, is let's talk about our runners-up first. Oh, Who, who's right. our runners-up? Um, Cool, cool monsters. Which that which I, monsters missed your um, uh, your your top three? This is this is a bit of a deep pull, um, but it's I it's important to me. The graboids from Tremors. There's never big worms with like hooks for faces. Yeah, kind of. They're big. Kevin Bacon runs away from them a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Tremors is a great little monster movie because it's funny and silly, and it's got Kevin Bacon in it, and Kevin Bacon's Kevin Bacon's the best. And it's got some great practical effects. This one moment where it breaks through someone's basement and they just shoot it until it dies. Yeah. And they just have a basement <laughs> full of guns and they just shoot every gun they have into this thing. Um, Does it kill it? 
Yes. Yeah. No, basically, basically, they're like it's a huge like sort of. You think they're little grabby things, and then yeah. when you find out later that they're just like the little tongs of the big monster, which is a big mm. old worm, and it comes out and it has the little grabby things in it. Um, basically, they were like, "Well, we 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 did Dune, and then we just didn't get any gigs for a while, so yeah, we attached these wiggly things to the insides of our mouths." Well, and sandworms. Went... I did watch Beetlejuice the other night. Oh snap! Because yeah. he's never seen it. Really. What so, did you make of it first time? I started Beetlejuice. You enjoyed it? Yeah. I, that is one I'd love to, I'd love to sit down with someone who'd never seen it's that very, now. It's very good. <laughs> it's very, very good. I do find p- people who are introduced to it, the first thing they say mostly is just like, oh God, Alec Baldwin was hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Gina Davis was hot. <laughs> it's not a good tooth to gum ratio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and you know, as a, as a young man growing up watching it, I found myself take, quite taken with Renona Ryder. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Although also going back and watching it now is a bit weird seeing Jeffrey Jones because it's that one scene where he's yeah. where he's, he's in the office and he's got the binoculars and he's looking at the town through the binoculars and you're just thinking, hmm, that seems maybe ill-advised in hindsight, making Jeffrey Jones a peeping tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he never touched them, Chris. No, <laughs> but you got to jump in your line. Uh, Rocky Body on time. time. Oh, okay. I, I believe, believe you. you. Um, great food. Great so let's food. talk about one of your runners up, Christopher. One of my runners up, good sir, kind sir, is <laughs> is uh, not many people are aware of this one. They're aware of the original, but I've, I'm singling it out. We all know the Blob. Yes. Big old pink thing Steve McQueen ran from. Like, it's here to go, everybody. Well, it's, run. it's red in the original, but I know yeah. which version's pink. The 80s version. Mm. Which is horrifying. I have never seen it because I caught a little bit of it as a child and it scarred, scarred me for, for life. life. Yes. And I've never been back and watched it. So the original is just sort of big, amorphous, custard looking thing that, like, yeah, oozes yeah. over stuff and eats, you know, eats everything. It's eating vehicles and Presumably people. Presumably they came out in the 50s, so it's not gory. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more in the implied horror. And again, it was all about, like, fear of the country being overwhelmed by, you know, yeah, foreign yeah. powers and things like this. In the 80s, they went, this would make a great gore movie. Let's show it eating things and digesting things and stuff. So it's it's sentient. And the way it travels isn't as a giant clump for all of the film. It's sort of a little smaller in scale in terms of like how it creeps into things. It but slithers, some... it crawls, it's creeping up the walls. Yes, indeed. It's... Oh, God. That's great. Um, It's... It's horrible. There's a bit where someone gets enveloped by the stuff, and you can see them. It's translucent enough that you can sort of see them. It's like the, it's like the putty that you used to get those aliens. Yeah, I've seen, in. I've seen okay. a fair few clips and images of it. Someone's yeah. inside it, and they, their arm is still out, and they're reaching, trying to grab their friend. Their friend grabs them, and they pull, and they pull, and then they just pull their arm off. <laughs> because it's already oh. dissolved the flesh and the bone, oh. where it's sticking out, and you can see their face underneath it just stretching back oh. as it's eating at the skin. It's... <laughs> file it's it's one of those movies where I've, I've always meant to go back and watch it because because now i'm you know now i'm older i don't get scared about things like that um or i enjoy because you see them all the time you know yeah exactly <laughs> but now, now you know now i'm not a child anymore i don't you know piss my pants in terror i didn't piss my pants when i was little that's just i did, yeah, I did scream though um <laughs> it was a bit where it was a bit where the, the hobo comes in and they, they see, you see him in the hospital bed mm. and they're like he's not moving and they pull the the sheet back and he's just gone below yeah. the neck that would do it. Uh, that would do that it. That would do it. The bit um, that freaked me out the most time I saw it was the phone booth. The someone's trapped the phone booth and this stuff just surrounds oh. it. And there's a body in the goo, like pressing up against the glass. And oh. it's, it's mostly digested. Oh. But there's sort of like a hint of movement. Like it's that, like the, the vitals that are there 
are still keeping oh. the body ticking. Oh. Yeah, like, it's horrendous. And it's, um, oh, Shawnee Smith? Shawnee Smith. I don't know, Frank Darabont wrote it. Yeah. So. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. He's, oh. a, he's a big horror fiend, is Frank Darabont. He is. he does love it. Um, it, which can, is what it I, can make his stylish sort of, you know, have... you know, more sort of poignant flicks, but then he's like, screw it! I mean, just look at the mist. Yeah, oh, um, crikey. But I... Uh, but, but the blob missed out just because it's not, it's not, a monster enough. It's more a, an overwhelming force of nature. So I didn't want to put it in my top. Well, three. I, I also I, it's one of those movies that I want to get back and watch, but it's really hard to find. It is. It's a tough one. It's, it's it is in print still, but it's not. It's, it's imprinted in my brain, and that's why I tend to remember. It's one of those things I'm going to pick it up on Blu-ray. That and In the Mouth it'll, of Madness, are two horror out. movies I really want to pick up on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll really end up being one of those that comes out in like a Criterion collection at some point. Yeah, it's got to do. Like Gremlins Two never got a wide Blu-ray release in the UK. So I bought the US version because it's my favourite. Yeah, yeah. Movie from the from the early nineties, and uh, it's it, it. Then it got released in the UK, but it's hard to find. And it's like wherever you get it from online in stores, it's like twenty five pounds because it's part oh. of a it's part of a like a BFI collection of films. It's like oh my god, like just for Gremlins two. <laughs> uh, who else? Who else missed out on you three? Um, Good sir, kind sir. I'm a big fan of vampires. But there's so many different versions of uh, vampires in fiction, and but I wanted to bring up uh, two in particular. Aye, one is the vampires from the Blade movies, which I think are really cool versions of that. Particularly in one and two, not so much three, especially in two when they start to get the show variations and the different kind of. And then you've got the Gene super vampires with, the, them, with yeah. the split jaw and all that. They're pretty cool, yeah. But they're fairly stock vampires, so there's not much to say about them. They're sort of the same as like the Buffy vampires, for yeah, example. Much. Yeah, the snarly faces, they bite people. They've got super strength. And sim- the other ones I want to bring up, which is similar in that they're kind of stock vampires, but they're just so well done and fun, mm-hmm. is the Lost Boys. Oh <gasps> yes. Yes, because yes, yes, Kimber yes. Sutherland as the as the, the apparent head yeah. of that little vampire clan is just so entertaining, and you've, you've got the stuff with the um, it's, you're eating worms, Michael, <laughs> which they wonderfully parody in uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> you like Bizgeddi? Uh, it's just it's one of the, it's one of those it's. It's not particularly. <laughs> it's absolutely not original in the way it does vampires, but it's just such a well-executed modern, well, then modern for the 80s, version of that myth. Yeah. That I if mean, you ever want to introduce someone to vampire lore, just get them to watch The Lost Boys. It's so well done. And the effects are there, but they're quite subtle. Hmm. Um, you know, there's nothing crazy, creepy, mad makeup-wise. There's some... We're not, we're not going down Fright Night territory, no. for example, where or the, vampire, from, or, the vampires are bigger and... Or from and... Dust Till Dawn. Yes, oh, um, yeah. which has some great, great. I think mm. it was the same team actually who did from Lost Boys, who then went on to do from the vampires in from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, but they I definitely leveled up. I, I was going to say, I wonder if the ones in from from Dust Till Dawn took a bit of a bite, as it were, from the Fright Night design. It wouldn't surprise me because obviously like, they've got like the big, like the big wide eyes and the, the, team, yeah. the stretched faces and everything. Well, they just mutate more. Like they see yeah. the, the big when the the big black dude comes comes a vampire, he's just got this weird sort of mouth with the yeah, it's like this big circle mouth and then 
wide grin and all that. And the, the, the strippers and like the one who's got a mouth and a belly and yeah, the band and one of them's playing a, a flesh guitar. It's yeah. just so, it's so weird. God, I love that um, movie. It's so, so weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those... And they can all run a lot faster than you can. In terms of like modern, <laughs> modern takes on the oh, modern-ish now because they're both old movies. Modern-ish <laughs> takes on the vampire mythos. I think Lost Boys and Blade are good shouts. They're good shouts because because there's so many vampires. But so you've got a, you know, I like those versions of vampires. Another one who's missed out on my on my on my top three is, uh, I mean. I'm debating whether or not I've made a mistake not including him in my top three, but it's just about personal preference, really. Uh, it's Freddy Krueger. Yeah! Because he, he was the first kind of, um, like, he was the first kind of movie monster in the vein of the universal sort of monsters to happen in about 50 years. Because mm. from the 30s onwards till the 80s, it was mostly, until the slashers started to come along, of which he is sort of like the next oh, step yeah, up. Absolutely. He's like the next step yeah. up in the slasher uh, um, pantheon. Um, in that space, it was just remakes of stuff with Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, different variations on a theme. Uh, Yeah, like spins on the Creature from the Black Lagoon, like they're all kind of being regurgitated and reimagined and stuff. And then all of a sudden, Wes Craven goes, yeah, we're going to make a guy who would even haunt them in their dreams. He's terrified. Now, I know he gets watered down so much as that series goes on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... But he's never not entertaining to watch. Well, that's part of the thing. Is like some of the, <clears throat> as I think we'll get into with, um, when we get into our monsters. Yeah, it's not necessarily that they're scary, although certainly they are. Mm-hmm. At least my three are. Um, but it's also that they're entertaining for whatever reason. Yeah, they're entertaining to watch is what keeps you glued to the screen. There's, there's a magnetism about the monster that even though it might be frightening mm. or repulsive, you just can't take your eyes off the damn thing. And you would put someone with the personality of Robert Englund in that mask oh, God, for yeah. Freddy, and you, yeah, you, absolutely, you get that. Oh my God, this is God. <laughs> and you're just it. like, oh, just he cuts his fingers off, just to basically go. <laughs> You scared yet? <laughs> like that's all. He doesn't even say it, but that's basically all he's doing. He's just like, I'm gonna scare you, shitless girl. And obviously, like, but a lot of what's really scary about him is what we see when he's not on screen. Yeah, it's the it's the reactions in the real world to the nightmares. Like the nightmares are all creative and, and elaborate, and sometimes really simple and frightening, and sometimes really you know crazy and oddball and everything. And they get screwbally and even weirder as the series goes on. Yeah. Um, but in, in the long f- arms, Chris. Really yeah, long in the arms. first one, yeah, that's just, was, I was just stretched, <laughs> scraping the walls alongside him. But but it's when you cut to the real world, and I think this is effect- effective, is most effective in one, two, and dare I say the remake because you get to see people reacting. Obviously, the remake is mostly recreations of the first one, but yeah. it's, it's it's a bit of a different visual. I'd argue it. that the remake suffers from no Robert Englund, as good as Jackie O'Haley Haley is. Jackie O'Haley's Haley's fun, but um, it's a different it's a different Freddy, and there's there's something about his clear glee yeah. of the original that makes him so frightening. Yeah. I mean, I say I say this with both of them just behind me on a the shelf. There. Oh yeah, like, I mean, I mean that, regardless of who's behind the mask, it's a fucking cool visual. It's, it's just freaky. But just, like, he's a burn victim. Who almost looks like a demon. Yeah. Because normally you see a burn victim, you're like, oh my god, like I feel so sorry for them. They've been through something really horrible. Like that must have been so painful. Like, you know, and instead you look at him, you're like, why is he smiling? Mm. Why does he look really happy? Why does he look hungry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, and it's when you see, like, you know, they go flying around the bedroom. 
like smacking into the walls and cuts appearing on her skin. You're like, the hell's going on? Like so good and just oh, I love it. But he, I, th- I think it's, I think the fact that he sort of got goofy, is he was compromised a little too much from what made him a really yeah, good yeah, movie yeah. monster. Yeah. So he, he just missed out on me three. Have you got, have you got any other runners up? I've got, I've got, um, um, I've got one other significant runner up. Okay, I guess I can get into 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 one more significant runner up. Um, <laughs> going into going into the eighties, yeah. Um, oh man, if you've never seen David Cronenberg's The Fly, oh Brundle, go and see mm. David Cronenberg's The Fly. It is it's, horrible. It's grim. <laughs> Like it is, there's some and this gnarly is a movie, body this horror. This is a movie in there. starring Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. You hear that? And you go grim. Uh-huh. That sounds like it'll be one of the most adorable things I've ever oh, watched. It's the eighties. They both got perms. It's just, <laughs> and they all very the chemistry and everything for the first like first two thirds. of That is really sweet and cute. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's it's a very likable movie. But yeah, and, and Jeff Jeff Goldblum's performance as he's this. He just feels himself deteriorating, mm. and he, he, he feels himself losing his humanity. And seeing him document that, and so things like when he takes his fingernails and his teeth out and puts them in a little box in the medicine cabinet, oh. and it's just and oh. <laughs> I was an insect dreaming, I was a man. Now the dream is over, and the insect is awake. Oh. It's oh, and then the the final denouement with when you get the full. Insectoid gr- brundle fly sort of mm. peeling this, out of this, this sort like, of human cocoon. flesh and muscle yeah. like exterior, but it's got like the long arms and their heads oh. that swelling like it's freaky. It's, it's a <clears throat> vomiting on, on people to yep. melt them away, and it's just like oh yeah, no, that's grim. It's 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 a triumph of creature design, and again the. Before you get to that point and, you, and you've got his mutation, mm. it's sold by the guy in the makeup with Jeff Goldblum just doing this deterioration of one man descending into beasthood wonderfully. Ooh. It's a, it's not a, a beasthood we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing people transform into wolves and yeah. things like that. And so instead, insectoid and, yeah. and, and, and different, so other, so alien. Um, yeah, it's it's a real one. It's a real keeper. <laughs> should go and see the fly. Go get you've it. Using number two, haven't you? Oh yeah. Was it was, you and Guy, was it you and Guy who've tried to convince me to see number two? I've still Two's not watched it. Two's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's definitely up there. On my... I think it came off my ne- it came off Netflix after I put it on the queue. Oh, and I was no. like, damn it! It might still be on there, but it, it was on my queue and then it was gone. Yeah, the Fly Two is definitely worth a watch. It's it's not it's nowhere near as good as the first, but it's got no. it's de- it's got some charm to it. It's got yam. Um, it's got you know Eric Stoltz <laughs> and his weird face. Um, it's <laughs> also, spoiler alert. Doesn't have Jeff Goldblum. Does not have Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it does have Jeff Goldblum in. Um, a deleted scene from the first one. You know, because oh, keeping okay. video logs all through the first yeah. one. It's one of those, isn't it? So he does appear in it, and they probably didn't have to pay he, him any money for he it. He appears in, in, yeah, in a, in a sense he appears, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, again, the creature design in it is fantastic. Mm. And, um, yeah, it, it, there's some, there's some gore and nastiness in there as well, which is, and it's not just the, the, the fly creature. That's a wonderful bit of creature design in the fly too. Either there's some really good other bits and pieces. I think I know what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's pretty good. Considering you know what it could have been, a, it could have been like a cheap. Ca- I guess it was a cheap cashing sequel in a way, but they, <laughs> you know, it, it holds up pretty well actually as far as these horror sequels go. Because a lot of the time there's a sharp drop off. Yeah. 
but the fly two's pretty damn good, I think. Just missing my three and last runner up is uh is the is they're known um by a different name in the expanded media and everything, like they've been given a proper name and I think it's the um it begins with a Y. But oh, you know I what I'm know talking, what about. talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about the Predator. Yeah. Um, what is it they're called? I think it's like the the old Aliens expanded universe. Oh, is it changed? Since? They were called. Yeah. They were called the Yautja. The Yautja was the name that was given to them. Right. Y a u t j a. Right. Yes. Um, that's the one. I've seen it written down so many times. Uh, but they, yeah, I don't know if that if they've kept <clears> that going forward into the new expanded universe. I've not seen it since. I've only seen it a couple of times. Because oh, but they yeah. also, but they had taxonomic names for like the the Predator with the Yautja. The Xenomorphs were uh, Lingua Fioda e Coronis. Oh, Christ alive. I know, right? And um, the, what were the space jockeys with the Malakak? Malakak. Of course, that's been... Also a change. They're red right now because now we know that they're a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, to what they're not the, elephant To people. what that old expanded universe <laughs> yeah. thought they were. Um, but the Predator... We'll, go, we'll call him the Predator. We'll call him the Mr. Predator. predator, if, call you him own, predator. if you own nasty. No one calls him the Predator. He's, he's a Predator. He's the Predator. <laughs> he doesn't need a species name. He, in particular, I'm referring to in particular the one from the first movie. Yeah. Fucking terrifying movie monster. Because, yeah. not only, I mean, alright, the, the basic surface level stuff, you can't see him. He's got mm-hmm. advanced weaponry. He's, he's the ultimate hunter. But what makes him terrifying is that in that first movie, we see this beast up against what I think we would arguably call, like, the ultimate alpha male specimens. Like, he's up against... Shane Black. <laughs> and, Sh- and Shane Black. <laughs> but he's up against, basically, a bunch of massive burly dudes, over-equipped with weapons, incredibly experienced in combat, yeah. can wipe out an enemy guerrilla camp with next to... N- it looks like no effort to them at no, all. No, no, just eventually is bleeding, man. He ain't got time to bleed. Oh, okay. It's but you, you know, a duck. But, but that's oh god. But but that's what I mean. Like it's it's Jesus Christ. I watch Predator now. But that, but that's the thing. It we see him up against. It's, he's not chasing teens in a neighborhood. No, he's not no. overwhelming a crew that were unsuspecting. These are no easy targets. Yeah. The, these guys. These guys are the best of the best of the best. And there's a reason why the film, for the most part, was marketed as just like a standard Arnie, you know, commando kind of military film. And with a bit of a hint of there being something else to it, wasn't and it basically it? is that for like the first half hour, five oh, minutes. My favorite scene in the whole movie is before he even really gets stuck in. It's 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 the guerrilla camp assault. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, that's especially like a, that's in surround. Straight up action movie. Um, not it's even the ground. It's just oh, it's so man. good. Knock knock. <laughs> oh, it's just it, it basically it feels like it could be a commando sequel up until. The, um, up until he's picking Black's up dead kill. scorpions and yeah. recording the voice and you're just like wait yeah like since Shane Black's gone you're like oh shit yeah. this is a sci-fi movie now oh my god he ambushes the film and that's why he's a great movie monster well, because he, you know that something's going on because you do see that there is that opening shot of the spaceship but if you ignore that it could like it could just be a, a, a military movie with like someone with a little bunch of high tech yeah. but then it becomes clear that this is not of this, this world. This is not of this world. And, uh, the jungle no came. The jungle came alive and took. Um, oh. Just it's. But but again, that's the thing too. It's like he's conquered ultimately by his own smugness. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's so determined. He's like, I've killed every single one of you, and there's one of you left. All right, I'm going to enjoy this. Takes the mask off. Takes the gun off. It's just him and his blades and like his basic armor with his weird crab face out or out in the open for Arnie to look at and go, 
You're one ugly motherfucker. Um, yes. And that's what that's what loses him the fight. Because suddenly, like, yes, he's still, like, superior than Arnie as a physical specimen. Yeah. But he's so self-assured in his victory that he doesn't, like... He, you know, Arnie manages to outsmart him just enough. And it's like, oh, this is so good. Just good. the design. It's real good. The fact that it looks intimidating and frightening before the mask comes off, never mind when it does. Yeah, when I'm it does, good. it's such a great surprise. And I, w- I wish that, like, the expanded media and, you know, the, the comics and, and the toys and everything hadn't, like, spread its visage all over the packaging as much as it had. Yeah. Because I yeah. like the idea that, like, unless you watch the film, you don't get the treat of seeing what it looks like under the mask. Yeah, that's I, true. The first DVD I got was the, the two-disc special edition from the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that. And green cover. Yeah, with the Predator's face, like, full on on the front. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was okay. like, what? There's two versions of it. The first version released was, like, a slip cover with, um, with uh, Arnie on the front. And when you pulled out, like, the inner cover, the cardboard cover, the Predator was on there. I think that's the one I've got. Yeah, but that's fine because it's yeah. like you're buying that version of the movie because you love the movie. Oh, yeah. The version I got was the second release of that DVD where it was just a normal DVD box and a slipcover and on the front of both it was just the Predator and I was like, well that ruins it. I can see his face. I can see his bloody face now. But one of the great designs, like it's it's it has human features. It's got two eyes and a mouth where eyes and a mouth should be. It's humanoid. But it's got a big, long, bulging head. It's got massive metallic-looking dreadlocks. It's got mandibles like a freaking insect, but it's slimy, like what you think a reptile looks it's like. It's got mouth fingers. It's got mouth fingers hanging from its face holes. Yeah, it's got a little snout. It's just like it's, it's horrifying. And again, like there's, another, there's one on the shelf behind yeah, us. I'm, I'm just, looking down at one. There's one there left, too. Yeah. I bloody love them. Um, and also, you know, regardless of the quality of the various sequels, it's always worth. It's always cool when the predator itself <clears> actually turns up. Yeah, I, the only reason the first one makes it well, we nearly made it to my top three, is because the one in Predator Two gets taken out by a cop who's too old for this shit. Hey, it's Danny Glover though. It is Danny Glover, but then every other Predator has been taken out by like even more not as impressive yeah, forces. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I mean, the ones in Predators are decent, but even in that film, they have to invent like the next level up versions. Yeah, the to make the originals one look gone, kind yeah. of crap in comparison. It's like, oh, what the blood. And then Alien vs Predators, not very good. Yeah, well, they're, well, they're pussies because, like, look at them—they're covered in so much armor and weaponry. Yeah, it's like they—they they wouldn't rip off their stuff and beat the crap out of a xenomorph. They wouldn't bother. No. Right, top three time. How are we doing this? This is how we're going to do you've this. Got, you've got a format. I've got a bit of a format that Matthew was not uh, made aware of. So I'm still not do. aware of it, so uh, it's as much a surprise to you as it is to me. Meets. Bef- oh, before us we have. Some post-it notes. Oh, okay. Now, what I want you to do is, as we go, as we announce each one, I want you to write down, as you're announcing who you who it is, write it down, just pop it on the table. Why? You'll find out in a bit. So, take this pen, good sir. Yeah. Matthew Bartholomew Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Keeper of the Flame. Yeah. Uh, ward of the Last House of Antioch. Who is your third place movie monster? This is a bit of a weird one. Okay. That's fine. Um, because... It's Frank and Fur, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that weird. It's not easy having a good time. Uh, because uh, you, it might not necessarily be considered a monster in the strictest sense. Okay. But the way the movie is and 
the sort of legendary status it's taken on, I think makes it stand out. Okay. And you don't see that much of it in the film. But when you do see it, right. you fucking know about it. <laughs> okay. And in terms of names, I don't think he ha he, he it has a particular name, but I'm gonna call him Bruce. Oh shit! It's the shark from Jaws. Whack him down, whack Bruce down on that piece of paper. I'm bloody having it. Oh, Bruce, the good old Brucey. The nice. shark from Jaws. <laughs> That's a good shout. So why did he make it into your number three? Um, Jaws is one of my favourite movies of all time. Um, it's one of the earliest sort of clearly not for kids films that I have memories of. Because it was on TV time, all the time. At the same time, lots of families watched this oh, movie. Oh man, yeah, like it's not it's not high rated at all. I think it's one of the there's a scene in that movie where a dude's severed leg floats down to the seafloor. I think it's only a PG. Like there is blood in that movie. Not ooh, hello pen. Not necessarily <laughs> overt gore. But it's also, as a movie making exercise, it's a perfect example of how to, oh man, how to sell your monster. Yeah. Because you have it there and you don't see it for like the whole movie. Yeah. Until the very end. And fe- he is a late ass addition into his own film. That was an accident. Yes. Because <laughs> the shark didn't fucking work. But it's ended up. Made, it, it, <laughs> I love. I just love that. It's like it's 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 one of the ultimate success stories in that it's like, how did this get to be as good as it was? Because the fucking prop didn't work. Because That's it went how. wrong. The film yeah. is great because it went to shit. And it's um. <laughs> so because they had to shoot around it, not only did it allow them to spend more time on the characters in the film and make it a much more rounded. Um, uh, character piece, I mean, as 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 Mark Kimmel would like to say, it's not a film about a shark. <laughs> it's not. Because <laughs> it kind of isn't. But you can't ignore that fucking shark. No, you can't. And the damage it does. And, it, you know, it, as it becomes as much a, a creature of the visual as it does of the uh, of the oral because oh, you don't see it, you get that theme mm. every time it's around. And you know when it's not around and they're pulling a red herring because you don't hear the theme. But it's such... The way they weave its presence in and out of that film is masterful. Mm. And um, yeah, just that. that. Mm. The theme is almost as much the monster as the shark is. Because it, it, the way it appears and sort of hunts the characters. And then you have that, that whole third act sequence when they're out on the, when they're out on the, on the boat. Yeah. And it just terrorises them. And, it, and it's like you were saying with the blob earlier, like, maybe it doesn't fit because it's, it's a force of nature, essentially, but there's something just malevolent about it. Even though it isn't, you know, a, maybe it isn't a thinking creature, but it, it feels like it's malevolent and nasty and evil, and it just wants to get at you and ruin your shit. And boy, <laughs> does it! Like, boy, howdy! <laughs> oh, I'm Woody. Man. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's an iconic piece of cinema, isn't it? It works so well because you don't see it. So the one you you're do, in its domain, yeah. like it, yeah, it, exactly. you're completely helpless. That's why to that stop third it. act is so. Basically, there's three guys on a rickety ship, yeah, with a with a shark that literally tears it apart. Wants to f 
their S. And it's also why the sequels are shit. Yeah, well... Because they completely missed the point of... It's not Bruce in any of them, though, is it? So no, Bruce exactly. escapes the, the terribleness of the, of the later... I'll say Bruce escapes the terribleness. Story. Bruce gets his head blown off. <clears throat> well, yeah. That happens uh, when you decide to eat a grenade instead of a sandwich. But it's, it's a uh, compressed air tank. <laughs> okay, is it? Why do I think grenade? The ride at Universal. That's why I keep thinking uh, grenade. Because that's how that's how your tour guide takes it out, or used to take it out on that ride. And based on the tour guide, you would have a very different experience. I rode it twice in 2010, and we got somebody who was like really selling it. Like it was like, oh, they're brilliant. They've made this really intense and enjoyable. And the next person was Campers Christmas, and it made it intense for a whole different reason. <laughs> it, was, it was like, oh no, the sharks coming at us! Everybody, everybody take cover. It was just like, what is this? The shark <laughs> is, this? is here. It was like we've come from Jaws to Jaws the Revenge. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> but I have seen the house that movie helped to pay for. And it is a very nice house. It is. Oh. <laughs> Jaws the Revenge is bad. Jaws 2 is not great. Was it Jaws the Revenge that stars the technically a descendant of Bruce that somehow remembers that's the uh, <clears throat> was that number three that's the that's the um, idea of it yeah. oh, how terrible man yeah. do we have the sequels I think we might have the sequels yeah because they do a house. box set because they, 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 they did a very misleading yeah, box set which says yeah. Jaws 2, 3 and The Revenge doesn't include Jaws it's just the sequels but the way it's the way it's set out makes you think it's um I think it's I've, the first I think one. I've given it away or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it just says Jaws. And then you turn it around, it says like, the collection. Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws 3, as it's called now, and Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, Jaws, yeah there's some dodgy moments in Jaws 3 with the 3D. Oh, Christ. <laughs> the 80s. Terribly chroma-keyed floating limbs. Oh, man. No good. No good. But that first movie and that first shark. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. Just when you thought it was safe go back in the water just tell me tell me Christopher my third place beastie beastie or should I say beasties beasties are those oriental demons that like to tear up small towns <laughs> it's the gremlins I'm honestly surprised these aren't your number one I well I they're in my three so congratulations to yeah. them but uh the gremlins, the gremlins have made it into my top three because what is more terrifying than a, than a horror that you invite into your home? The thought of another five years of Tory government. What is almost <laughs> as terrifying as that is something that you bring into your home. Because that's the thing with the gremlins. You're the reason it happens. These horrible creatures that could take over a small town. Yes. This could have been stopped yes. had you just not brought that adorable little thing home. And not accidentally got it wet and then not left the food out after midnight. Do you think it's an allegory for pregnancy? Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, Gremlins, the idea of Gremlins comes from, comes from World War Two when yeah, American yeah. planes and machines would, would cock up. Like, people would say, oh, there's a Gremlin in the machine. There's a, there's a great episode of lore about this. Um, it's not, it, there's a great episode of Looney Tunes about it. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, it's not, it, well, it wasn't just stories of, um, of of gremlins causing mechanical failure, people actually swear they hallucinated that they mm. they saw them. It might have been hallucinations, or maybe they were just very good liars. But they swear they they saw them and um, the creatures on the wings one... and and climbing and climbing out of engines as the planes take off. Yeah, and 
which of course like Twilight Zone tells a yeah. story all about that the terror at 20,000 feet which is then retold in the movie with a slightly better puppet and John Lithgow instead of early Shatner going there's something on the wing some there's thing something on the wing which is great because he's brilliant in the episode but whenever I watch it now I just think of that bit in Ace Ventura <laughs> where he's just taking the piss out of it but um and obviously in that the gremlins are just like a big like five foot tall hairy beast and in, in the Twilight Zone movie it's sort of a big furry thing with like a fleshy creepy toothy face and everything mm. but the gremlins I'm talking about are the Warner Brothers you know Joe Dante little bastards who start out as the adorable mogwai you've got gizmo who's the main one bought by rand peltzer brought back to his son <laughs> billy as a christmas gift uh, with three explicit rules matt three rules you writing these down three I, rules I, I used to have a like a like a school folder with the three rules on really it was a gremlins one yeah that's so cool yeah. oh shit um so that was a really fucked up biology class where they just said, right, you can learn about this now, kids. I got it from, I got it it's from, real. I got it from a shop in Bolton. I can't remember which one. Bolton. 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 That's a joke for people old like us. Depressing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Don't get them into bright light. Bright light can harm them. Mm. Sunlight will kill them. Don't get them wet. Like, don't give them a drink. Whatever the hell you do, don't give them a bath. Mm. Most importantly, the rule you must never forget, don't feed them after midnight. Don't. Don't feed them after midnight. So you've already got the really cool, like, old school movie monster edition. Is that the folder? Yeah. That looks amazing. A little Billy on the front. Yeah. You've got the really cool sort of old school monster tradition of it has rules. It has like a curse or, or a thing to, do you know what I mean? It's like you've got the whole stuff of the mummy back in the day of like, no, don't dig it up because it'll take revenge on everybody who like, you know, desecrated the tomb. In this, it's like, you've got this, you've got this tiny little cute thing. Don't do one, two and three. Just don't. But naturally, the case will always exacerbate and you end up with more mogwai that then transform with these horrible, scaly bat-like reptile monkey things. Again, it's such a great design. It's so good. And they, they, they go through two big iterations in the two films that they're in. The yeah. first one, they're all sort of very similar, little black and green, sort of scruffy, scary little toothy things with red <laughs> eyes. Yeah, and, and then in the second one, they become a lot more expressive and slightly more frightening because of it, I think. And then you've also got all the variations. You've, well, you've got, you've got the four main sort of baddie ones in the second one. You've got Mohawk, yeah. like Stripe Point 2. You've got who goes under a under, undergoes a very horrific eight legged transformation later in the movie. Yeah. You've got um, Daffy, who's oh, basically yeah. a living Looney Tune. You've got them all around it. There's Daffy. Yeah. You've got Daffy. Uh, you've got Lenny uh, over there, the big goofy one, oh, yeah. and George, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is a nice reference on himself, you know. And you get those two, uh, and then you just get the, the really sort of big, wide eyed, um, expressive faces like that one behind you there. The brown one's got like that sort of expression. They just look really freaky. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but the reason why I picked the Gremlins is because <laughs> it's a plague in physical form. Yes. yes. They spread. Like, so, you know, it's rats spreading the bubonic plague, whatever. No, this is a plague that will either toy with you sadistically for its own entertainment or kill you and play with your things. Like, that's basically <laughs> what they are. Yes, they are comedy horror monsters, but the death and destruction of Kingston Falls in that first movie, you're like, oh my god, yeah. these things like to hurt people. Oh yeah, and all they've got to do when the sun rises on the on another day, all they've got to do is make sure they're out of the sunlight. They'll hide. 
So you could come back and you could be like, oh, I think they're gone now, my God. And you start to rebuild everything. You go into the shops and everything, try and build everything back up. And one of you just happens to walk into the stock room to turn the light on and before you do, you get pounced on by a bunch of toothy little monsters because they're just waiting. They're waiting. Uh, and then obviously in the second film, freaking brilliant, all trapped in a skyscraper. So it's like a tower of horrors. Like you yep. are stuck in this like hundred floor building and every floor has got something that is going to either kill you or play with you for its own amusement. And then nighttime rolls around, like he's about to roll around, and you're like, oh god, they're going to get out and spread through New York. Oh my god. All it takes is for them to go for a dip, run through a fountain, open some bottled water, and pour it on themselves. It's so good. Yeah. So I, I like them because they are physical plague. They're funny as fuck when you watch the movies. Like They're not, they're not like the critters and other sort of similar no, like spreading beasties. Like These guys have a personality which makes them even scarier because it's like I accidentally made that and now it's enjoying doing things to me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's freaking horrible. And then there's the <clears throat> ultimate thing of even if you solve the problem, surely the most sensible course of action you could take is killing Gizmo. But who's going to kill Gizmo? Why would you kill Gizmo? This adorable little thing. Oh, Gizmo. But it's never like even at the end it's like you do not understand. You are not ready. And there's this whole thing of like, maybe one day I'll bring him back to you. But it doesn't happen because um, his name's uh, Mr. Wing and then he dies mm. in, in at the start of number two. And like Gizmo ends up in the, the bio-research lab of the Clamp Centre, which is hilarious. Like looking back at Gremlins 2 now, it's got this extra level of weird depression because it's basically Trump Towers. Like yeah. that's the location yeah, of the yeah. movie, the Clamp cable network and all that stuff in that oh. building. Um Although Mr. Clamp is a lot more likable and less of a demagogue. Um, so there is all that. But, it, you know, it, it's like Gizmo ends up somewhere else and horrible things happen. More Mogwai arrive, and then the more Mogwai. The Mogwai. And the Mogwai become gremlins, and it gets worse. It's like, so you could kill the gremlins. You just have to kill Gizmo. But do you really want to be the one to do that? Do you really want to be the one to hold the pillow over his furry little face? Oh, no. So oh, that's no. that's why I like them because you can't really get rid of them unless no. you're a sadistic bastard. That's true. Matthew Watson, here's the pen. Who's your second place movie monster? Well, I'm going. Ooh! <laughs> oh, righty go. Oh, don't warm yourself up like I'm that. I'm going back to the idea of uh, as you going touched on of, of monsters as, as plague. Oh, oh, okay. This is a plague you can't see. <clears throat> I think you I cannot I, stop. I was expecting this one, and you might not even know you're infected. Oh god! Until it's too late. I was expecting this one, and your head splits open into a big mouth, <laughs> yeah. and eats the person <laughs> next to you. Are you talking about the thing? The thing from another world? question mark if the prequels do believed it's definitely an alien yeah no, they definitely no it is an alien because they find the yeah. ship in the first one of course they do yeah, yeah. oh right yeah um, oh, of course of course the question is was it, was it of course <laughs> what they do in this in the set in the in the in the prequel yeah not the reboot why do people call it a reboot it's not a reboot because it's called it the a thing prequel. and it is essentially the same story but it is clearly a prequel when you watch it it is yes yeah. because it's set in the Norwegian base and it's also a period piece Fucking idiots! It's a prequel. Maybe they should have called um, it like, yeah, I don't know, anything other than just the thing. 
Because now it's like, so which one do I watch first? The, the thing. thing. And then what do I watch next? John Carpenter's The Thing. So which one was the original? John Carpenter's The Thing. So The Thing comes before John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. yes but John Carpenter's The Thing was released before The Thing. Yes. So what he's saying is I need to watch The Thing and then The Thing. Yes. Don't worry about The Thing from another world. <laughs> Unless you just fancy a warm-up. Yeah. So what, what in, in that movie, for example, do you can you recall what the monster was like in The Thing from Another World? It's basically a giant walking carrot. Fair dues. Uh, but the, but the, it's the inspiration. It's, the it's story the, of who goes there oh, so it's called has the shape-shifting. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the shape-shifting monster. The film of The Thing from Another World ditches that. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a inhuman monster. The John Carpenter's The Thing works so well. Yeah. Because it is paranoia. It's claustrophobic paranoia at its finest. It's a bunch of dudes holed up in a base in the Arctic, completely cut off, and there's a thing with them that can mimic them. And they don't even... It's never made clear in the film Hmm. if the people who are things know that they're things until they start to mutate. So you don't know if it's deceiving everyone, or you don't know if it's just in them now. Yeah. And it's going to assimilate them and eventually burst out when the moment's right. And you see them stop one of the people, stop it while it's trying to assimilate someone else. So clearly, there's a process. But once that person's assimilated, do they then know that they were, do they remember they were assimilated? (laughs) Oh god. Because what seems to happen is that the body that's infected just takes measures Mm. to, to... to preserve as much of itself as it can, rather than not so much through actions, but like there's literally that one moment where they, uh, the one, the one of the people who's infected has a heart attack. They try to resuscitate him, and his his chest opens up through a big mouth, bites off the other guy's arms, and while they're trying to deal with that body, his head turns into a fucking spider and walks away, <laughs> which is so fucking ridiculous that one of the characters turns around and literally says, "You." gotta be fucking kidding me you can't stop this thing one drop of it one drop of it can cause a can cause an outbreak and then everyone's dead yeah which is why that you know that of course i won't spoil it for you but i don't think it's spoiler to say that that movie does not end on a hopeful note um it's in fact part of part of what is considered to be john carpenter's apocalypse trilogy Mm-hmm. along with Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness, which are both also movies that um, have some pretty cool creature designs and have the sort of same sort of dark, downbeat feel to them. A, um, a very finite kind of yeah. like open end, but it's like, we're never going to tell you what happens now. No. Like, um, we, are you imagining it is the worst thing that could could come about? There is a sense of paranoia in it. Um, but of course, what makes it what makes it such a memorable monster is is Rob Bottom's effects work. Yeah, and it's aged so well because it's all rubber and latex mm. and slime and stretching flesh oh. and like jagged bits of like insectoid limb. And, um... Yeah, if you if you're not into body <clears throat> horror, then the thing is not the movie for you. And but if, if you, you are just... into body horror, it'll probably still make you chuck up what you oh, last day. Man, it's... it is wonderful. <laughs> it's just so wonderfully grisly and slimy and gruesome and <laughs> it it's just yeah the plastic nature of the creatures in it just it, you you just see things you wouldn't think to see you mm. wouldn't think that you would see in, any, in anything else There's, there are some similar 
um, creature design. Um, one that I watched recently was I finally got around to was From Beyond. Okay. Uh, which is the guy who did Reanimator, the same movie. It's called, yeah. It's Jeffrey Combs in this one. Um, and that's got a similar sort of uh, plastic plasticity to its monsters, mm. and uh, which is very Lovecraftian. And I suppose that's what that's what uh, attracts me about the thing as well is that it is essentially Lovecraftian in nature. It's a cosmic horror story, a, a thing that you have no hope of beating that can send you mad and has un. Well, I think that's the most frightening, indescribable form. The most frightening thing yeah. about it isn't even the fact that it you know can look like these horrifying, like it can it can suddenly its neck just grow and it have a bloated yeah. potato face with teeth or it turn into a spider. It's not even that. It's the fact that it drives you insane knowing it's there and knowing you can't do anything to find out where it is, what it's planning. Or, 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 or trying to work whether out it's whether you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is, because there is that moment where it's like, I'm not... Yeah. I, don't want, I can't want to get into the, what exactly is, is so great, particularly by the ending, because I think you should just go and watch the thing. You're going to... Go and watch the thing. You are so going to do a big damn love Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I just don't know when I'm going to do it, but it's on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. Well, speaking of this list... This list... My number two movie number monster... Two. Is it a big poo? Uh, it's a, just a giant piece of it's the it's the it's the shit monster from Dogma. No, oh, <laughs> my number two movie monster. Yeah, <laughs> my number two movie monster is um, put it this way: it's it it's a science fiction icon. It's a horror icon. It's seen equally sort of uh, in both categories, both sort of genres, okay. as something very you know significant. Um, in fact, it's so well designed, you could call it the perfect organism. Oh! That's the trailer noise. Uh, my my second place movie monster is our old pal, the Xenomorph, a.k.a. Alien. Well, I think I should spoil the surprise right now and tell you that this is my number one. That is great. Well, in that monster. case, what perfect timing, because we can talk about it together. Oh, um, the, the, the Alien... Oh oh ayo oh oh ayo alien. I mean how do how do we begin? It's again oh. it's not even the monster, it's what the monster does to you, what it does to 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 be born, to be created, what it does to reproduce. It's it's violation as movie monster. Like the thing is very much like that in a way, but the thing with the thing, you could be like, oh god, like what if it's one of us? It could be you, and you might not know. Maybe, as we were saying, like maybe they do. Maybe they they do know. Yeah. They are the thing, and they're just playing along. But with this, you turn around, something hits you in the face. Next thing you know, you're waking up like several hours later, going, "Is everything all right?" And was like, "Oh God, yeah, we found you just like lying there. Are you okay?" It's like, "Yeah, great, fine. Carry on as normal." A couple of hours later, something erupts out of your body. Yeah. Like you have basically yeah. been you have been violated and used as a you were a womb you become a walking womb in the, yep. the life cycle of this thing yep. and then it grows it grows quick oh, and its mission it. at that point is to either in the case of the later films sort of gather people to be taken back to nests to be impregnated and create more or based on which cut of the original movie you're watching but sort of the generic plot is it just wants to survive it's mm. alive now and it will stay alive if it kills you. It's not scared, because it knows it's won, and that's why it takes its time. Oh, In that yeah. first movie, it isn't dashing around, it isn't leaping off of surfaces, it isn't headbutting a windshield while Danny McBride goes, whoa! Like, it's... 
it's stalking the corridors and like slowly slinking down and... from the chains above and just like disguising itself by it freaking hibernates a couple times in that first movie there's bits where it just hides it just yeah. sort of sits amongst pipes and stays there because it's listening and when you're near enough it's like right just slowly slinks out and kills you it's terrifying it's nine foot tall got a giant head, the body of a malnourished basketball player. It looks like a bunch yeah. of metal dicks and vaginas. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's such a terrifyingly disturbingly beautiful design. It gets in close and doesn't even bite you with its mouth. It opens its mouth and a smaller mouth like shoots out and pierces your skull. Yeah. It's it's horrifying. And it's it, it's the old school Universal monster movie kind of creature in that it's like oh you know the, the creature from outer space like it's, that's essentially what it is, but they've added that few extra bits of detail it's, like it's the life a, cycle and, yeah. and and the the slowness of it and the fact that it's not evil, it just is. But then again, that's scary. The, what what is doubly scary is that particularly in that first movie, you sometimes get the sense that it, it was it, it is intelligent. Mm. Maybe, oh yeah, maybe it's playing with them. Yeah, it's not. It's, um, it's not a beast. Like it, it is in terms of like it, in its purest form, it's a creature. It's an animal, but it's a smart animal. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's monster. Like not going from the sort of the wolf. I mean, obviously, you know, wolves are intelligent creatures, but like the yeah. wolf man is is a wolf. It's a bee. You know, it's it's a claws there's and a, teeth. There's a malevolence to with the the aliens. Alien, the yeah. aliens a tiger. Yeah, the aliens a tiger that's cornered its prey into like a little little bit of land in the middle of a lake, and it's just walking around the lake, waiting because it's like you you're gonna come over here at some point. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do it, and even if you don't, I might get bored. And for shits and giggles, I'll swim over to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh god, like yeah. it knows. And even at the end when Ripley gets into the escape pod and everything, she gets into into the, the you know the smaller ship. Yeah, it's already figured that out. Oh yeah, it's there before. It's in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! It's obviously just looked around. And it's gone. Well, she's not been there yet. I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna go that way because she's gonna go there eventually. It's the only place she's not gone yet. I'm gonna go over there. Yeah. And it waits, and it not only that, it waits until after she's completely vulnerable. She's at her most vulnerable. Weapons down. She's like getting undressed to go back into stasis. She's like, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna conk out now. Like I've escaped. I'm fine. And that's when it's like. Hey, girl! <laughs> it just rocks back out of its hiding place. Goes, you thought I was gone, man. And the way the way will fuck you up. But even then, it doesn't like do it quickly. Yeah, it's no. slow. Like yeah, like arm out, but it just slowly it just slinks. Comes out. Out. The way it moves in that first movie is horrifying. Yeah. And they make they make them more insectile in in later movies. I think aliens yeah. does some does some really nice stuff with with having swarms of them. Yeah, and huge queen, the queen which, who, who is surprisingly mobile for how big oh, she is. Yeah. Like you look at her and you go, she's terrifying, but we could outrun that. And then you you sort of see it in action. You go, no, we couldn't. We it it will it will find us. Yeah, it will kill us. And if it doesn't, it'll lay enough eggs to have us killed very. Quickly. And also, its tail is like twelve feet long. So it's oh, got those massive teeth. Yeah, like but the, the teeth are like something like uh, two foot long, like That's the longest the ones. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrifying. It's but um, if I'm having to narrow it down, I'm I'm picking I'm picking the OG. The OG, yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's your number one. Would you, which one would you pick then as your number one? Are you picking OG, Alien, um, 1979, um, Beastie? I I think for the sake of 
for the for the sake of um peace in our time. What do we call it? For the sake of diversity. God, I forgot the buzzword. Oh, <laughs> no wonder I don't work for the BBC. Um, for the sake of diversity, um, I'm going to go with aliens because I, I, like I say, the idea of the swarm of them mm. and the hive mentality, I think, is... I think that's certainly the aspect of a lot of the sci-fi tilted versions of yeah. the picture of the alien that would <clears throat> run with. Um, because it, the, that, that, that original incarnation of the alien, you introduce weapons into that scenario and it's still threatening but there's a way you can ha- manage it. Yeah. What works so well about aliens and the swarm idea is yeah, you can have all the guns in the world but there's more of them than, you, than yeah. there are of you. And you know what? Even if you're not that outnumbered, they're faster mm-hmm. and they're stronger. Yep. And if you shoot one, it will bleed onto you and melt your face off. <laughs> yeah. The Alien is my all-time, hands-down, favourite, number one movie monster boy! <laughs> da, 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 da. Tell me. Tell me, Chris. Tell you tales. Who is who is your <laughs> number one movie monster wire? Well, I thought about it and I thought, why are we talking about this in the first place? Talk about this because the mummy's out, and we're going back to that that OG kind of mentality of the movie monster who is plain and simple. They're usually the title character of the movie. Yeah, like they they outlive the original source material, like and, and become part of the zeitgeist. They may be mocked, they may be ridiculed, they may be made into something stupid or novel or appear in a freaking animated Alvin and the Chipmunks special from the late 80s and things like that. <laughs> you remember them, but... But, I mean, for Christ's sake, half the time they get undone by a stoner and his talking dog, but ultimately there's a reason why those guys stick around. Especially when you look back to where they came from. A lot of them came from very classic horror novels. Yeah. So how do you pick from those guys which one's the best? Well, you know, Frankenstein's monster. Big, tall, giant, hulking brute of walking corpses. Mm. But he does have a sensitive side. He can be appealed to. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't... Damn your eyes. Too late. (laughs) You can appeal to Frankenstein's monster. You can even create a bride to distract him with. The creature from the Black Lagoon is horrifying. Gilman. Gilman, but, you know, half the time he won't get stuck in and kill people. He'll just carry them out, like, fireman style Hi, on the lake. I'm going to live. I'm Bill. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Would you like to join me for a pool party? Would you like a creature from the Black Macaroon? <laughs> I've uh, never seen Creature from the Black Lagoon, but that is a really cool design that I quite like. OG Phantom of the Opera. Scary, but ultimately just a pining, creepy, romantic dude. Um... With a piggy nose. I'm not as scary as Jared Butler's singing voice. So. That's true. <laughs> the point of no And also, the most disappointing reveal of like facial trauma in cinema history. It was Joel Schumacher. I mean, like, Even in The Lost Boys, his vampires are pretty. Come uh, on. So, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah, it's a good Joel Schumacher film, isn't so it? So already we're narrowing it down, right? Narrowing to sort of, sort of like a few specific yeah. Yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Um It's man. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. Man is the real monster. Well, it looks like man. 
because it wants you to think it's simply just a man. My number one movie monster of all time is the ultimate prince of darkness himself. Yes. Dracul. He is still a threat. Dracula. Dracula is still is a threat. Frightening. Now there are so many fucking versions of Dracula. He is like alongside Tarzan and I think um But it's a public domain character. Wh- whatever character it is that uh Robert De Niro's been playing his whole career. The- alongside <laughs> Alongside uh, Tarzan. <laughs> Dracula is one of the most adapted um fictional characters and stories ever. Oh, and Sherlock Holmes, obviously. Oh, because Sherlock Holmes. Um, you know, there's a lot of those things that, like you say, are out, are out, out in the public domain. They're out of copyright. Like so they John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know that successful Disney franchise? <laughs> oh, God. There's so many reasons that didn't work. But anyway, um, not for like a trying, but just, no. <laughs> I think the trying was the problem part. Yeah. Dracula is frightening and it depends on who's telling the story but the version I'm going to focus on I mean come on we're talking movie monsters Gary Oldman fine he's fine that movie's got I like that movie but it's got problems <laughs> Jared Butler in Dracula 2000 uh, no thanks uh, um, <laughs> Christopher uh, Lee during the Hammer Horror era fucking great love a bit of Christopher Lee don't we but where do we get it from now in the book in the book Dracula is described as he is sophisticated he is very charming hypnotic if you will um because vampires used to do that um but you know have hypnosis and they used to turn into bats you know they weren't just sexy and sparkly and shirtless um so he's got those traits but he's described as being a sort of intimidating, frightening older man in the book, Bram Stoker's original. It's after he's fed, he seems to have this life about him. He seems to be a lot more exuberant and have a bit more of a youthful Mm. glow to him. And the longer he goes without feeding, the more frightening his visage becomes. Now they went, okay, we could do that, but this is the 1930s. <laughs> um, we're spending all the money on um, tap shoes for other movies. <laughs> so, because all people were doing at this point. They just started putting sound in films, so all of a sudden everyone was singing. Everyone tap um, dance. That's pretty much it. Like, as yeah. soon as the talkies happened, it was like, right, everything's going to have a big musical number. Everyone's going to tap dance and sing. Um, we're going to put on a show. Uh, and then the, the horror movies came along in the 30s and I went, no, we're going we're gonna to frighten people instead. Like We're going to have a big old scare, but they were like, we can't keep doing this so we need to settle on a look they go to broadway and they see the stage version of dracula that was currently on starring um non-english speaking actor like he was one of those people who learned his lines phonetically oh wow bella lugosi in the role and that version had settled on making dracula have the look we all know when we think of dracula grandpa monster (laughs) that the look the look we all know as Dracula, not Krampus. <laughs> the slick back hair, the fine suits, the mm. cloak, um, sometimes a big cape with a big collar. Oh, like, a big collar. The, the, the sort of, the, that Transylvanian charm. Like, he's a sophisticated, like, rich gent. It's like, he's like the lord of the land, like the king of the town. Like, he's, he's got that kind of status. It's like, oh, yes, no, you must meet, you must meet, I mean, Count, there you go. You must meet the Count. You must meet Count Dracula. He's very charming. He's he's at the ball tomorrow. I shall be sure to introduce you to him. And you get this sense in the book and in the original movie that a lot of the people living there 
know there's something about this person. Because people go up to that castle and they don't come back. Yeah. But at the same time, he's pleasant. He's charming. He's really sort of, you know, he's, he's very well read. He's, he's poetic. He's romantic. And this is, of course, what happens to like, Lucy and Mina in the original story. Like, mm-hmm. they completely fall under his thrall. Because this version is terrifying. Because he's a swab motherfucker. <laughs> like, all these other things are horrible to look at. You see the alien, you try and run a mile. You see someone's stomach burst open and eat another dude's hands. You're like, I'm getting out of this room. You see Dracula, and whether he's using yes. his powers or not, you're like, you know what? You're all right, mate. He's a cool motherfucker. You're a cool guy. Do you know what? I will hang out with you tonight. I'll bring this bottle of wine back to the castle. We'll play some bridge. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> the next day you're found in a river with two puncture holes in your neck and you're shriveled up and suddenly he's just scrabble suddenly he's looking a little bit more like peaky (laughs) did you you get lucky last night count (laughs) yes I did I'm not the one to say now there's there's two I never kiss and tell (laughs) (laughs) there's two versions of that movie one version two versions there's two versions of that movie um they filmed during the day they filmed the American release flick and then at night because it was I think it was a co-production with a Spanish film studio uh, and Bela Lugosi spoke Spanish and everything I, th- I think he I think he was Spanish I, I, I need to check I need to check on that I'll but look like, it up for you like you but obviously it has the affected Transylvanian kind of accent and everything yes. um, they made a Spanish language version of the movie that they would shoot on alternate nights on the same set with different actors <sighs> apart from Bela Lugosi who was the Dracula in both versions. So that dude worked like crazy. He was Hungarian. Hungarian, there we are. Right, so he um He worked like crazy like, on that film because he was making two versions of it at the same time. Mm. Not to sound like a wanky, pretentious film person, but I, 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 do, I do tend to hear tell that the uh, Spanish version is slightly better. But that's because there was a different vision being brought to it by that director and it didn't have the sort of the Hollywood sensibility of, you know, like, we're going to make a big picture. We're going to make a big picture. See, they were like, we're going to make something that will haunt people's nightmares. Oh, yeah, a good looking guy. Forever. He's a handsome dude. And he wasn't like a young spring chicken when he started. He had that older guy kind of look to him already. But he honed it to perfection on the stage. So imagine having a lot of people in a theatre, a public space where you're there and they can see you, a man, on the mm. stage. You're just a mortal dude in a costume. People were frightened of him. They were terrified by this portrayal. You've honed it that much that they've gone, do you know what? We're just going to put you straight into the film. Like, you are Dracula. No Dracula has come close to being as sort of defining as his since. Yeah. Now I mean, a lot of that is down great to movie vampires, but yeah. no other great movie Dracula. Well, yeah. Good, uh, people but, yeah. people have played Dracula well, but the, yeah. But even so, like you watch the Gary Oldman one and you go like, eh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's cool and interesting in the designs and everything, but like I, I sort of almost wish he was a bit, you know, slick back hair, maybe the cape, sort of the. You, you, it feels odd when you don't see that version of that character anymore. Yeah. He defined it. Um, parodied way too much since. Uh, there's a whole thing on uh, Cinemassacre recently talking about like because um, uh, George Rockall Schmidt had been talking about the Streisand effect yeah, yeah. Cinemassacre were doing a similar thing about um, where things uh, people remember certain lines from movies or certain scenes yes, that yes, don't yes, yes. actually exist or, or, or it's yeah, all, yeah. All, all the, the slight versions of, of lines that are slightly odd like you said that for example the Fonz there's no episode of Happy Days where the Fonz goes with both of his thumbs out ever 
and yet that's what everyone remembers but he never did the only time Henry Winkler ever did that in a show on camera in character was in a Sesame Street Sesame Street sketch that is the only time he ever did that as the font so unless a whole generation of kids remember that one moment it's just this weird thing that people have kind of decided happened. That is very strange. It is strange. But Dracula, for some reason at some point, everyone decided that Dracula goes, bleh. <laughs> and he never did. Now, I am guilty as much as the next man of doing that. In fact, guilty. I'm not the only one, am I? Who else in this house goes, bleh? Bleh. See? <laughs> bleh. Dracula's here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Dracula's on the podcast. Don't bite me. Dracula, I've just voted so you as... I'm just, just eat them. I've just voted you as my number one movie monster. Oh, How does good, that make you feel? Good. Feels good. <laughs> I'm I'm very proud, thank you. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, so, a little what... hungry, but you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are you doing nowadays? What, what's your... Uh, well, you know, I've, I've had a part-time job at, uh, you know, Safeways. Oh, right. they have they have them in Transylvania? <laughs> they do, yes. <laughs> it's the only place they still have Safeways. We still have iPhone 4. <laughs> oh, you still use iPhone 4? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for dropping by, Dracula. No uh, oh, he said it! He said it! Just for you! Oh, you got two! Goodbye, Dracula! Oh, he, he just... He just turned into a bat and flew away! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh, that for a special guest We appearance. get the best guests on this podcast. We get them all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so Dracula's my number one movie monster because he's just, he's one of the classics. He's a class act. He's one of the classics. He's terrifying, but I'm going specifically with the Bella Lugosi OG style dude who will charm you into his castle and then suck the blood out of your veins. Lovely man. Greater pies. <laughs> now, the surprise I had planned for you, sir... Uh-oh. Is a little is a little in jeopardy because we both had a similar movie monster. Albeit we had different versions. I went for the Xenomorph from Alien. You went for the Xenomorph from Aliens. But I want you to now randomly pick on this last sheet of paper. I want you to randomly pick one of your runner-up monsters. Don't think about it. It's the first one that comes to mind. Say it out loud. Three, two, one, go. Tremors. Tremors. So the worms from the big old worms from Tremors. Write that down on this piece of paper. See, as we've been going, let I've been writing down uh, movie monsters on uh, my uh, pieces of paper, as, as has Matt. And I've been putting them into a tiny hat about us. I've been sneaking them away, Matt, into a little hat full of dreams. Did you know that? Sneaking them away. Sneaking them away like you read about in Sneaks Them Away magazine. Sneaking them away into my long and deep gullet. Into my loins, good sir. Oh, lovely lines. Because what is a chat about movie monsters... Without a bit of a brawl involved. So we've both picked three. Oh! Oh! We've both picked three movie monsters, okay. albeit, uh, although one was the same, so now we've added the Tremors worms into the mix. Okay, okay. I have put all six all right, all folded right. up into this here hat. Now, all what's right. going to happen yeah, I like it. I like it. is we're going to have three rounds. All right. We're going to have a bit of a fantasy football monster mash here. I'm gonna, you're going to pick one out. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to start to stick together. <laughs> you're going to pick one out. I'm going to pick one out. Whoever we get... That's who is in the tradition of you know, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Alien versus Predator, Freddy versus Jason. That's who's facing off. We have to decide who wins okay. in this fight of the movie monsters. And considering our picks, this is going to be a pretty freaking weird one. Okay, I'm gonna so if you first. would like to put your hand in first, don't, don't show me who you've got yet. You've definitely got one. I've got, I've got one. Okay, I'll put my hand in. Or we'll sound effect there for the viewers oh. who, who can oh. see us for some reason. Okay, there we go. Right. Unfold yours first, and I'll unfold mine. 
this monster match, mo- <laughs> this monster mash monster matchup is a fight between Graboids from Tremors, Graboids from Tremors, and Dracula. Oh! <laughs> Okay, well, let's well, get started. They're, they're both primarily nocturnal. Yes, so they're clear to show up on the same battlefield. However, Tremors can show up the Tremors. I'm calling them the Tremors. The, the tremors. tremors can show up during the day. They can show up during the day. But they are subterranean. They're also not um, beautiful ladies or, or, or uh, countesses no, who can, who can no. be seduced into bed. And their blood is, or- <laughs> their, their blood is orange. So he's not going to feast off of them. I don't think he's going to feast off of them. But he could... I mean, Dracula is un, un, supernaturally strong, even in that version. He is supernaturally strong. So he could possibly, if one popped out the ground, he could punch right through it, possibly. He can fly. But then he'd dirty his suit. He would dirty his suit. <laughs> he would dirty his suit. He can fly, though. Yeah, he can. So he could just well, avoid them completely because in that, in that version, In that version, he turns into a bat to fly, so he'd have to be a bat. But avoiding them is far, far removed from a battle, good sir. Yes, exactly. That's oh, so, that, and also Dracula can only be killed with a stake through the heart in that original iteration. That's the only way you can kill him. You could cut him up and everything, but the whole lore of this demon living inside he, a man's he, body he, he is would, that somehow he will manifest. He could again. be consumed, but would come back. Yeah, so mm. I mean, they'd have to be. Can the graboids wield a sharp pointy d- stick I've with seen, any dexterity I've, or precision? I've not seen the sequels, but certainly <laughs> in the first one, they'd have no. Intelligence or tool usage. Um, I tell you what, though, I know, I know, Dracula can win this because I know, I know, he can just do what Kevin Bacon does in the, in in Tremors. Cut footloose. No, footloose. <laughs> no, the way he the way he beats the big worm at the end of that movie, right? Yeah. Is he drives his car, mm-hmm. right? Off a cliff, yeah. he jumps out of it. But of course, the creature keeps following the vibrations of the car, so it just fucking comes out the side of the cliff and <laughs> falls to its death. <laughs> so Dracula could do that. He could run. He could be running to the, end, boy, boy, <laughs> to the edge of a cliff, and he'll get to the end and turn into a bat and fly off. And the fucking oh yeah, comes out of the side of the cliff. Because apparently, he doesn't know where the end of the cliff is. <laughs> And just fucking. But it does mean he. Ha- it does mean he has to have a, a, at least ninety minute adventure with a bunch of locals well, first yeah, exactly. to get to come to the exactly. conclusion that they follow vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's like I just came to the gas station to pick up some spare blood. I mean, uh, Lucas is in town. Yeah. For a bite to eat. Ah. Oh. oh. Oh! He just stopped off. You are the greatest monster of them all. Stopped sir. off for a roadside snack. Yeah, yeah. Just eating a eat, eating a eating a trucker, and this fucking worm comes along and starts nicking all his food. That's the, yes, he'd be territorial. He would be territorial. He'd be running out of his food source, especially if there is a young, sexy lady in danger. Because he's gonna be like, uh, "I was saving her for dessert." Yeah, there's always gonna be a young sexy. Because this is suave Bella Lugosi Dracula. Yeah. This and is this like, is... yes, I could eat anybody, but I'm going to eat her after I have danced with her and dined her and wooed her. But he's not gonna be. A, he's not gonna need to do much of that because you're talking about like fucking backwards America. <laughs> you so, talk real pretty, like. There's gonna be one like beauty queen. He was going to be able to <laughs> look into my eyes. Now talk properly. 
No, 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 no. Uldrich was simple. Repeat after me. The life of the wife. <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Which causes vibrations, distracting the warm creatures yes. beneath the soil. <laughs> so we think Dracula would win it. His smarts would eventually His smarts win the day. Well, there's no... If, and if and he... the, the, the Graboid's lack of hands to wield yeah, the small, sharp-pointed stick. They could, they could eat him. But, like, if that's not going to kill him, then... Yeah, that's true. He's just going to... But They could eat him, and then he, he does he does an old man Logan and, and busts <laughs> out of the, the inside of him when he comes back together, when he heals. Yeah. He could do that. Yeah, if that's how if that's how he comes back with his demon things, yeah. so, I don't know what he does. Well, yeah, it's 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 that that the, in that original film, it's all focused on the legend says the only way you can kill him is a stake through the heart. So we have to take that as the as the ground rule. That's the only way you can kill him. Boom, boom. Dracula, Dracula beats the graboids. Dracula bye, has it. bye, 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 Gra- oh, graboids. There, they're gone. So Dracula remains in the arena. Oh, we're doing a ladder. Oh yeah, all and then right, we've got, we've got right, three. Right, so right. so you can probably see where this is going mathematically. But uh, let's make sure these are separated because they're starting to stick to each other. Okay, we've got four more. Matthew Watson, stick your hand into the hat of dreams. Don't let it bite you. I'll stick mine in. Okay. Is the hat of dreams the one of your runners-up? Yes. It's uh, next to the cloak of invisibility. What about evil bong? No. <laughs> Ginger dead man. Yeah. Right, I'll go first. Uh, puppet master. No! Uh, right. Oh, God. So, <laughs> round two. You know, we're just going to chuck in all the small creatures. <laughs> like, Demonic toys. Chucky. I'm surprised Chucky wasn't in your top three. Well, I don't think of him. Uh, well, he's a monster, but he's 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 a man trapped in something. He's a monster. He is. He is. Yeah, and again, you invite him into your home. Tell me which one it is. Tell me, Don Miguel. This next round is a matchup between the Xenomorph from Alien and. Bruce the shark from Jaws. Bruce the shark from Jaws. <laughs> oh yes, please. Okay. Okay. How the hell okay. does this go? Well, the alien. I don't know if the alien can swim because we never see it. Now, can in resurrection. We know in resurrection, but based on the McFarlane toys, they're a slightly funkier version with bigger like fins for feet and tail. I think they're fa- they're humanoid, so I think they were fairly adaptable. They're probably. I mean, the head streamlined. So uh, he can doggy. Pa- I make a doggy paddle at least. <laughs> the, well, the one one comes up from from the water in Aliens. In the yeah, with new in that really well, that terrifying shot. Along the, the thing. Along the water, sorry. Because been crawling along, along the 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 because she's standing up in the water. <laughs> the best part about this is you're just acting it out in front of me. They crawl, yeah. crawl, crawl, crawling crawl, along, crawl, along, along, along. <laughs> the, 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 the the not the sea floor because it's a sewer, but she's standing up in the water, so it can't be more than like two or th- two feet deep because she's only what she's only what three and a half feet tall. Yeah, tiny new, tiny a, a small girl with her tiny little knees, and a tiny little doll head. <laughs> He just, just has a doll that's just a head. That's true. It's fucking creepy when you think about it. Um, so, meats and treats. So, I think the aliens can swim. Yeah, if, if not swim, at least traverse through the water in a way that doesn't end up with them just going, is this, <laughs> is flopping their arms around. Is this around. a single xenomorph? Yeah, this is, a, this is a single xenomorph. Let's say Ridley Scott, 79. Well, I think you have to answer two basic questions. Do goggles fit over its skull eye holes? No, no, no. no. <laughs> One, are the shark's teeth capable of penetrating an alien's carapace? <gasps> oh, Ye- 
because it say, is resistant to small I'd arms say fire. Yes, because it is resistant to small arms fire, but also isn't like the force of a great white shark's jaw. Keeping in mind, it's got like three rows of those teeth. Yeah, like isn't the force of that meant to be like the same force as like a car landing on you from a from a short height? Like they're meant to clamp down in a way that just slices through meat and bone. I would have thought so. So it could probably penetrate the alien, but would it want to penetrate the alien? Well, that's the next question. Because if it's in the water, the the acid might be diluted a bit. It could fizzle out a little in the in the the salty it does, the salty deep. It does oxygenate rather quickly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. Would would the seawater mm. be enough to douse to it? Stop it from just melting the shark's head off. Now the shark could. <laughs> The shark could trap it on a boat and have that boat just sink and eventually the xenomorph drown. Because I, I assume that the xenomorphs don't... They don't need oxygen. But I imagine I imagine they could fill with enough water that it would be grounded. Like it oh, could be held I down. Think, yes. Possi- I mean, possibly. It's not really got a stomach, per se. They don't eat. So... Well, they must eat. They do eat. Not necessarily. They do eat. Okay. They do eat. But... <laughs> they do, do they poop? So, let's... Scenario. The alien is fishing. It's a Sunday. He's a long week, long week work week. Is he wearing a hat? He is wearing a tiny Which hat. end of his head is he, head? Is he wearing it on? <laughs> He's wearing a very long banana shaped hat. A wicker banana hat. There is a version of, you know the how how does a dog wear pants thing? Yeah, there is a version of their out for the how does an alien wear a hat. It's like how does it, where does it what end does it go on? Or is it just a big long one? <laughs> I, th- I think oh. you give a big banana, a banana shaped, like really long wicker hat. Is it a tiny one that goes on the inner jaw? <laughs> no, because no, the, the inner jaw is exclusively used on fishing occasions to crack open a beer. Okay. So it's. But got... which, which mouth drinks the beer? Oh, God! Mouthception! No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's like a it's like a coronarita. Like one mouth has the beer, the other mouth, mouth has the margarita. Yes, I said Corona Rita. I'm assuming. Uh, so oh, fucking monster, you know. They serve him at Bubba Gump's in the States. Oh, it's really God. nice. Um, so, so he's fishing. He's got his feet up. He's got a you know, tub of bait. He's just throwing in a dead um, chestburster fetuses <laughs> on the line. Uh, and Bruce swims along and suddenly he's like edging for a fight, squaring up. He's like, come on, mate. You think you got teeth, son? You think you got you, teeth, you son? Call that a, you call that a set of teeth? <laughs> I've got three. three That's a set of teeth. All the teeth you can eat. But don't eat me, because I'm going to eat you, you bastard. Well, that's the thing. Ultimately, Jaws can wreck shit, but 90% of the time, he's wrecking shit and then eating the people he's terrorising. Yeah. Or taking a bite. He's going to get hurt, I think. He's going to get hurt by the alien. Like, even if the water's there, unless he's unless he's biting him, then swimming away. Then biting him and then swimming away. If he's keeping clamped on, he's going to burn his teeth off. I think there's, you know, there's no way (laughs) the shark can take down the alien without taking himself down. That's true. Like he's so it'd be a close one. But even then, whose victory is it really? Because the alien's blood is acidic because it's like another one of their defenses. It's like if you hurt us, you'll kill. It's like a bee. It's like I'm going to go out and take you out with me. If you kill me, everything that explodes from my insides is going to kill you. So it's it's oh, it's a tough one. It's a toughie. I we need I, a tiebreaker is what we need. We do because they're both dead. Like they're both dying. Like, <laughs> they both, both killed each they're other. They're both going to die. 
the both... shark is going to take a bite, big chunk out of the alien and kill the alien. They're both completely and snapped. And its face is going to melt off. <laughs> oh, God, you're like, right. That's what's going to happen. You're right. So who's the, vi- so who's the victim right. in that situation? Um... Good question. I think the victim B, Yar. I don't know what that means. I think the ultimate victim is going to be Jaws. Yeah. I think here. Because the xenomorph would be dying with intent. Also, I think there's more chance of, like, Jaws biting off a leg or an arm. Yeah. And still getting his face, like, melted off. And the alien's like, oh, I've got one less limb, but I'm a fucking alien. (laughs) Like, I don't care. So what? Oh god. Uh, so, xenomorph. 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 Like, yeah. I, I think. I but I think Bruce is very. I think Bruce nobly is defeated because he leaves in a blaze of glory. Oh, he does leave. Well, well, blaze not so much. More like, like a, a thick soup of glory. Oh, right. That leaves just two movie monsters. Oh, so, no. no point shuffling. Let's take one each. See who we got. All we right. know who it be. So the final matchup, as it stands, is a fight betwixt uh, Gremlins and the Thing. Oh my my! Now I didn't, I didn't see this pair up coming. Like when we were take, when we were saying them all out loud, I was like, okay, the Thing's gonna be a tough one. But the Thing would inst- like if you put the Thing up against Dracula, I think the Thing wins because demon or no, the Thing could probably use him in some way. Or like use enough of his flesh to kind of become yeah, a thing. It depends like the de- the demon yeah. could possibly live on in the thing, but it's no longer the demon in the human body that it claimed. So it's already changed the game. Like the, yeah. the thing, I think the thing could beat the xenomorph because again, it's like the whole restructuring of DNA kind of thing. Like it could find it a way. So beat them, it just becomes <clears throat> them. Yeah. But what if it's trying to become several hundred small monsters? It's already several thousand small monsters. Yeah. What's not to say these guys won't accept it and just go, okay, this'll be fun. Like, well, it, I think it's, that's... it's, I think it would be a victory for the thing, but it'd be almost kind of hollow in that the gremlins have just gone, yeah, okay. You saw what happened to them in the second one where they all start mutating in the lab. They're yeah. just pissing themselves. I think that's like kind of laughing what... at each other. Like one of them's got like freakishly long dead legs. The other one becomes a bat, and there's like a guy who becomes a living vegetable. And they're just wetting themselves, laughing. They're loving it. I think you have to take out <laughs> the idea. So a- anything thing goes up against, yeah, it's going to be able to assimilate. Yes, if it can touch it, if it can get, if it can keep hold of it. So that's hmm. that's a given. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to get hold of at least a few gremlins because they wouldn't resist getting they wouldn't be able to resist getting close and taking the piss or trying to hurt it. The question, or dancing is, with its Christmas music, <laughs> feeding it a gingerbread man. Could it just kill the gremlins outright? Could the gremlins kill the thing? I mean, like you say, it can assimilate and spread, but it is still. Essentially, one entity, isn't it? The way it's explained like, in the film is that each cell becomes an individual entity unto itself that works okay. part of a greater whole. Okay, that's why. That's because the test they come up with, the blood test, <clears throat> yeah, is they feel they they figure that one cell mm-hmm. will break rank with the rest of it, 
Yeah. In terms of self-preservation. Yes. So you put yeah, a hot needle in a blood it. sample, and it goes... It goes, oh shit! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and reacts to it. So um, the, when the person <clears throat> you got the blood sample from as a thing, he's, he's maintaining cover. Yeah. that blood gives him away. <clears throat> so... Oh shit. So when it assimilates you, like, you'll know this better than I will. When it assimilates, assimilates you, for example, does it have to get in through an opening? Does it have to get in through, say, saliva or blood? It's never made clear. Okay, right. The way, what you okay. see happen, the only time you see it happen in the film, it's got, it tries to wrap, wrap, either the dog or the, the one human you see it try and assimilate. Mm-hmm. It wraps them up, um... And like this and tentacles, sort of fleshy and it sort of tendrils. Looks like it's devouring them, sort of digesting them somehow. Yeah. Um, there's one really creepy moment where you see one of the people grab another one by the face. Yeah. Oh. And, it oh, just, oh. and then you cut back, and his hands are just in the skin. Yeah. So they've already started to mold together. You see more of it in the prequel, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, two, when you see the two face things. Yeah. And stuff that is, like that. And, that is horrific. And just see, so sort of. Ooh. As soon as it touches you, then. It's got that connection, and then the flesh becomes liquid and plastic, and you can just and it's there. It's in, it's in it's in part of you, and you know God, one one cell that's <laughs> enough. That's enough. To in, in... I think that'd be it. so. It's not a case of could the gremlins overpower it. It's a case of how many gremlins will it assimilate before the original thing they've surrounded is overwhelmed. Yeah. No matter what, a bunch of those gremlins are then going to walk away, being like, "Well, I feel a bit funny." Mm. I think the thing wins, even in this case. It's... Even even though it's like this is the most overwhelming force out of the ones in our batch that it could contend with. I think it wins. I think it's <clears throat> intelligence. I don't think the gremlins have the intelligence to. I mean, they are they are they are well they are wily and they are devious, but they wouldn't figure out how it works. You're right. They yeah. wouldn't be. They wouldn't figure out a way to defeat it. Their their solution would just be keep going at it, and then it just makes it stronger. Yeah. Every gremlin it assimilates makes it stronger. Yeah, of course. And then you've got an army of gremlin things. Or one enormous gremlin thing. Oh, that'd be amazing. Like, just go for a full Godzilla-style sequence. A wave of gremlins. <laughs> How's that for a wave of mutilation? Give me the gremlin card. Give me that gremlin it's card. It's going. The gremlins lose. True the thing. So, for shits and giggles, just before we get to the emails... Let's have a little gander, shall we? We have the Xenomorph, the Thing, and the Blur! We throw these guys, let's go by uh, the, the podcast, The Weekly Planet, have a, a versus thing ahead of oh, okay, they okay, do once okay. in a blue yeah. moon, where they the basically say the terms of this, field. the terms of this, no weapons unless they have a signature weapon that they are always with. Yeah. No outside intervening force, no allies, like if you had Han Solo, you can't have Chewbacca rock up, like it's got to be Han Solo. Football field, separate ends, or in this case, three different parts of the field. They're just legging at each other. They instantly appear, and they perceive the other as a threat. Yeah, it's it's the Beyonder thing of, you must now fight! It was like, oh shit, okay! Yeah. That is all you got to go off. So we've got the thing, which I suppose when it arrives, it'd just look like whatever it looks like at that point. Yeah. Let's say a dog. Let's go for the dog. Uh, yeah, that, that's how that the film with, starts, with the dog with and everything. So, so the thing appears as a dog. Xenomorph appears, I suppose, as a xenomorph. Let's not go to face or that'd be cheating a bit, really. Yeah, yeah let's, let's go with And Dracula rocks up in a horse drawn carriage and just steps out the back. It's um, <laughs> a fucking preposterous mental image already. Also, it's night, obviously. Yeah, that's Can't true. Can't use a daylight thing on Dracula. That's true. 
Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so it's night time. Oh, they've just got a big roof on the stadium, and they've promised him. The, the, the janitor has promised him they're not going to open it. What open? What open? He's like, okay, you blow it. Blue. But just in case, in his pocket, he's got one of those little umbrellas that Gary Oldman's Dracula has. Yeah. So he's, he's ready. Can he go out in sunlight anyway in the book? Uh, I don't believe he can, no. I, I think he... he, he, he I think, I think um, he, he goes out in, in daylight at one point, like either dusk or dawn, but he's, he is under an umbrella. A parasol. <clears throat> a parasol and a top hat and, and stuff. So he, you know, it sort of just looks like he's keeping shaded and everything. Fancy um, bastard. Fancy schmancy bastard. So they're all looking at each other. Who wins? I have no freaking idea off the top of my head. Well, here's a thought. I've just, something's just hit me. Yeah. Could Dracula sire the thing? How quick does vampirism take hold of the cells? Would feeding on the thing affect <clears throat> Dracula? Possibly, but if he's doing it with the intent to turn the thing into a vampire, then that vampire is instantly subservient to the one who sired them. Isn't it already? That's a what vampire? the brides of Dracula are about. Like they, they're his devoted, yeah, yeah, his devoted uh, harem, basically. Mm. So if he bit the thing, if he was able to do it, say if it was, say if the vampirism began instantly, the moment his intention was clear, that dog leaps at him. If he gets his teeth in really quick, would the thing become a vampire thing? <laughs> and be like, yeah, I'm his bitch. I do his bidding now. Like, that'd be a freaky idea. That and then then, then, then they gang up and just kill the xenomorph. Like, I'm sure the thing could... Because I think the thing could overwhelm the xenomorph. I think it could do that. Yeah, I don't think there's enough blood in the xenomorph to completely destroy all of, <clears throat> all yeah. of the biomass of the thing. Um, but also, like, it could get in there and, and it begin could assimilate, to yeah. assimilate it and turn yeah. it. So it just becomes, this is what the thing's like. And yeah, obviously... and, it's, and it can make its skin resistant to acid in the same way that a xenomorph is. Yeah, but at the same time, like you say, if, if the thing, the moment Dracula gets his teeth in, no matter how quick the process is, if the thing, if that's all it needs, mm. a bit of the thing gets into, <gasps> a bit of the thing gets into Dracula's mouth, so a bit breaks off. And that starts to assimilate him. So even though the initial body, like the dog, that is probably now at this point a flailing mass of tendrils and legs reeling in pain from a neck bite, yeah. and then it calms down and it's like, oh, I'm a vampire now. Even if that happens, what's not to say the bit that breaks off in Dracula's mouth gets stuck in his teeth, turns, hit, assimilates him, so it's now a vampire thing and a vampire thing. Yeah, I think that is what happened. And one of them is naturally subservient to the other because of the vampire curse but they've both got the same intent anyway I don't think that's a <laughs> I think they just become a thing they just become a vampire thing they become a Dracula thing <laughs> they just walk around going yeah I think they sort of I don't want to spend the rest of the winter tied to this fucking I think they Die to of, this fucking coffin. I think the, 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 the assimilation of the thing and, and, and the assimilation of the vampire curse, because it's supernatural. Yes. Sort yeah. of cancel each other out or work in harmony. <laughs> I'm tempted to give this one to Dracula because... Because blur. <laughs> Even if he does become a thing, he's still going to be Dracula. Yes, that's... Yeah. And I think supernatural trumps biology every time. Yeah, and again, if like... That demon's still in the driving seat. It's still in there somewhere. Yeah. Even, even if the thing assimilated him somehow, the demon is in there, because like you say, it's a supernatural element, and unless the thing stabs him through the chest with a stake, 
he's still alive somewhere in there. So, so he, the, he could lie in wait. Um, there could be a way that he lies in wait, and the demon eventually takes hold of the body itself. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that I think Dracula. Oh, be, I think Dracula becomes the thing. Oh my god! And then they stick a collar and a lead on the xenomorph. <laughs> no, screw that! It doesn't become the pet. They give it a suit and a really long top hat. And they, and that gets they teach it to they teach it to hold the reins of the yeah, carriage. Yeah, and it and it does. The and carriage. then the Dracula thing heads back to Transylvania with his xenomorph butler. Xenomorph becomes Renfield, and they head back <laughs> to Transylvania. <laughs> To claim I'm, everything. I'm happy with this conclusion. I am pitching this movie to Hollywood right now. Dracula versus the, the alien versus the thing. I'm surprised Dark Horse hasn't already done it. Versus, versus Ash. The Dark Horse, <laughs> versus... Dark Horse did some thing comics. They're not good. <laughs> I've seen some of them. Yes. I top the fourth wall covered a couple of them. It's like, oh, they're God. not good. Oh God! Well, that was our big monster mash, Jeez ladies and gentlemen. Christ, what have we done? Terrible things. What have we wrought? Horrors. Horrors. Like out of survivals. I've got to punch it so it can't tell anyone this horrific tale. Um, before we before we go, we're gonna read a couple of emails. But just to reiterate, uh, next week. Send in a couple of emails, peeps. Bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Let us know who your favourite movie monster is, and we'll bring a few of them up next week just to see if we matched at all. Um, we won't face them off. You can do that in your own imagination, because we got better things to talk about in it. Probably, I don't have know. We though? It's not next week yet. We might have jack shit to talk about. Well, I imagine we'll be talking about the mummy next week. <clears throat> well, yeah, well, we're real. Ha ha! If it if it bears worth talking about, let's yeah, find out. Well, we'll find out. We'll that's find true. out. We could have another pirates on us on our hands. Uh, 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 speaking of speaking of uh, rum buggers, who's emailed in? <laughs> Oh no! Don't archive the email, Google. <laughs> I want to read it. Google was the true monster here. It, couldn't, it couldn't even say chip. Monty. Tom Monty, 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 Tom Monty, 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 Monty. Go for it. But because I desperately need to piss, I want this email read at twice the speed, with a slightly happier inflection. I think Tom's deserved some happiness. He's earned it after all this time. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Oh, God, my tablet's turned off. <laughs> BDC questions. Chris and Matt, happy 50th episode. Doctor Who was a bit shite, wasn't it? They had three parts to tell this story, and it felt really rushed, especially towards the end. And if they're going to use Missy, at least make it worthwhile. And Chris, you were right about not getting an insight as to what the monk's intentions were. What a waste of time! I can't see myself bothering with this story again. I really hope John Sim can save this series or at least make it memorable. What are your thoughts on the Empress of Mars next time trailer? I also think the Series 10 next time trailer editing team are drunk. Did you notice the Cyberman theme? Oh, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I did! That really annoyed me, actually. Well, they didn't have... Murray Gold didn't have enough time to do an Ice Warrior theme. Um, <laughs> what are your favourite tracks on the entire Murray Gold Doctor Who soundtrack? Um, <laughs> if you were to have a drink with one of the 13 Doctor Who actors, living oh. or dead, who would oh. it be? And what would you talk about? Which previous companion other than Clara and Asbel and Nardole do you think would work best at Twelve's companion? And why? And my now weekly Breaking Bad question throughout the series, what is your favourite moment? See you later, Tom Monty! Tom Monty! <laughs> Sounds like an Uzi at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, so. First question. Empress of Mars thoughts. Uh, I think it looks 
I don't know. I don't think it looks amazing visually. I want it to be great because I do love the Ice Warriors. Um, but meh, looks all right. <laughs> Bit of a John Carter thing going on with the idea of like Victorian soldiers in in, in on Mars. So, should, should we touch? Should we touch on Lie the Land really quickly as well? Like the Doctor Who episode this week. Well, it's like I said, like, like I said last week, I was waiting for Lie of the Land to see if it paid off all the stuff that was set up in Pyramid in the World, and it completely failed to do any of that shit. So. Fuck Lie of the Land. I hated it. It was just... I hated it so much. I thought, oh, we started this series He can so use well, regeneration think, just... energy, like, willy-nilly, apparently. So that's, why didn't yeah, he... that was like, So what? why didn't he heal his eyes two episodes ago? Don't. Don't. Yep. Don't. Instead, so he, instead he drove his friend to shooting him. And then was like, oh, that was a joke. Right, moving on. So stupid. So stupid. The show's now doing this thing of going like... But these two, they're the ultimate team, they're the best of friends. It's like, no, we were going to get that, and then you stopped doing it for some reason, and now you, it's the John Watson Sherlock thing now again of like, oh, these two, they're, 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 they're like, they're the ultimate team. Like you, you two can't be apart. And it's like you've never shown us any examples to show that they are best friends. Really, you just told us that they're best friends repeatedly. Time. Yeah, <clears throat> we got some great time with Bill and the Doctor in the first few episodes, but that was all one continuous story taking place over like a day and a half. Mm. They've not bonded more than a day and a half on screen, mm. so oh bullshit! I, I hated it. And the monks were point. The monks were shit versions of well, sh- another shit version of uh, essentially the silence, um, the toclophane, and the whole um, what do you call it? They were crap thought police, basically. Yeah. And what what was them taking over? Though what was what was the point in it? Poorly defined monsters with there was poorly no defined point. motivations. They had no lines in Lie of the Land. They yeah. didn't speak once. Yep. Yeah. We didn't learn anything about them. So, so it was like we predicted last week where we said like it'll end up being like, what did they want? I guess we'll never know. They never said that, but that's basically what happened. We'll never know what they wanted other than put up some statues <laughs> and made everyone think they'd been around a bit longer. And I guess we'll never care. Oh. Um, Favourite tracks from Murray Gold's? Doctor Who oeuvre. Ooh. Uh, the Doctors and Roses themes from Series 1, which yeah, is like yeah. the different versions. Of like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. For the punch that it has at that moment, and I've seen, seen it live a couple of times at Valche DM, which is the, the big version of that tune from The End of Time, Part mm. 2. Performed live, that is gorgeous to see. I'll bet. I'll bet. Um, uh, I've got a soft spot for Matt Smith's I Am The Doctor Yeah, theme. That's, that's probably my favourite. Uh, especially when it was used for him and not used as next time trailers for like two series of Capaldi stuff. Yeah. Uh, Amy's theme's really nice. Um, and the, uh, the End of the World suite, like from episode two of 2005. Yeah. Some really nice stuff in there. Some lovely, lovely moments. That first that. series is great because it's mostly Maury Gold just in his bedroom with yeah. like like a keyboard and, and, yeah. and some stuff on his computer and then they got access to like a choir and some orchestral stuff for like the Dalek. They raised the stakes. That was cool. So that stuff for me. And the stuff he did with the little combination, the little um, collaborations with Neil Hannon on the couple of songs that are on oh, the earlier soundtracks. Yeah. Love Don't Roam. And... Um, Oh god, what's the other one? Uh, Song for Ten. Yeah, they're quite good. They are quite good. Yes, so, yes. yes, I'm happy with those. Yeah. Uh, drink with any of the thirteen Doctor Who actors, alive or dead. Who and what would you chat about? <clears throat> Eccleston. I just want to chat to him about acting in general because it seems like that's his biggest passion. I'd just be like, just tell tell me tales, Chris. Tell me of the industry. Tell me what it's like. Tell me tell me what parts you like to play. Tell me, Chris. Tell me. 
Um, I wouldn't even ask him, like, why did you leave? I wouldn't, I'm not fucked. I just want to talk to him about acting. Yeah. But at the same time, I think Tom's a close, a close, like, third. If you could get him to make sense for more than two minutes at yeah. a time. I'd love to. I'd love to talk to John Pertwee oh. because he'd probably it probably end with him going, "Let's have another drink at my Spanish villa." What a lad! Let's fly out what in my helicopter, lad. go to my Spanish villa, and just like, like I'll fly you out yeah. in my helicopter. Come, come along, Matthew. Oh, After three bottles of wine, care for another? <laughs> care for care for another brandy? Yes, yeah, absolutely, all right, yeah, John. John. Will you dress as Doctor Who, John? Yes, I shall. He wasn't in costume. That's just how John Pertwee dressed. Oh god, that you could play drunken mad libs with Wurzel Gummidge. Um, <laughs> I would actually really like to have a drink with Peter Capaldi because mm. I hear he's a stand up bloke yeah. and I'd chat to him about politics. Nice! Nice, good show. A friend of mine is a member of the Labour Party. She's running for uh, MP in her home constituency and uh, she was at a hostings. Yeah. Uh, and Peter Capaldi was there. Oh, snap! Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking um, cool, man. Uh, previous companion... Who are the previous companions? Who do you think would have worked well as Twelve's companion? Our previous companions? I think, you, I think you'd have to look at the modern era, really, to sort of draw the immediate comparisons. Um, so perhaps... I don't know. Martha, it'd be nice to see him with because it'd be nice to see what her relationship with the Doctor who wasn't pining for someone would be like instead. Do you know what I mean? It's like he would see the brilliance of her and be like, right, we're having adventures, come with me. Do you know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be nice to see her get treated sort of better, if that makes any sense. But failing that, dip into the original run. Perry, if she could put up with the sixth Doctor, she could straighten the twelfth one out. <laughs> uh, Donna. Donna, well, yeah, she'd give him a clip around the ear, yeah, actually. I think they'd be great together. Because <laughs> she doesn't, wouldn't take any of his shit. <laughs> but no, I, he, I just want a mate. <laughs> but, he, he, but he'd also be completely exasperated at the fact that she's just daft. Yeah. <laughs> Not thick. No, just daft. Daft. <laughs> um, that would be a good one. Uh, breaking Bad Question, what's the favourite moment of the series? Uh, it's a bit cliche, but when uh, Brian Cranston's just stood there over Kristen Ritter and he doesn't do anything. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Doesn't do anything to, to stop what's happening at that moment. Because that's one of the earliest bits where you're like, oh my God, I'm starting to see what he's capable of. Mm. Like, he's he's allowing a horrible thing to happen mm. because it'll, it'll cover him it cover him and emotionally manipulate his friend into, like, mm. coming back to him and everything. It's like, oh, man, that's horrible. How about you? Hank's final moments. Oh! Defiant to the end. Yeah, and, and the placing of it. Yeah. Like, five minutes into a story. Yeah. And you're like, what? What? You know it's coming. Well, that's the thing. The last one, like, ends, you know with that's it, the last one ends with it not happening, and you think, Oh my god! I thought that the end of this episode was going to be that. But so, no. you, so you sort of like you know that nothing good's going to come out of it, but you kind of still think after watching the previous ep, maybe there's a chance he's going to get out of this. Then, like if Not they've made it, no five minutes in, boom! This, the chance. moment that episode starts, you're like, no, he's this isn't going the way I hope it's going to go. God, it's so good. That and yes. when that and when uh, uh, Gus and that when they poison his former. But it still is employer, technically. Oh, isn't yeah, it? yeah. 
because there's something it's horrible but there's something satisfying about that after you'd seen the original flashback and you go this guy's a monster but I wouldn't wish that to happen to anyone mm. like so seeing him get his revenge was satisfying yeah it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good um, <laughs> god it's a great show family mail of the week oh baby from views whom you may or may not endorse <laughs> um <laughs> It's, every, it's it's your favourite and mine. Uh, well, it's, it's my second favourite and your third favourite. Maybe a runner-up. Maybe monster of all time, Louis Christian. Um, I knew you were going for that as well. Uh, oh, God. Hey, guys. Hello. I literally can't be arsed. Don't you dare use that word. <laughs> literally can't oh. be arsed. Discussing the latest episode, so rather than a review of the usual questions, <laughs> I thought, in light of a plot point in Lie of the Land, I'd instead propose a theory, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. So, a theory. Pure speculation. By me. <laughs> John Sims returns. Oh my god. He finds out that his successor is turning good. He doesn't like that, so he tries to turn her back to chaos and evil. It's the final test. And with the basement cold turkey therapy, the vault has worked for Missy. Missy! Missy. Right when it seems like Missy's turned evil again and goes along with Sim's plan to destroy the Doctor or whatever, she decides it's not worth it and saves the Doctor by killing Sim, causing Sim to regenerate into her in the first place. Probably tiny whiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The newly regenerated Missy runs off with some stray Cyberman <laughs> and starts concocting the plan we saw in the S8 finale to try and repay the Doctor. Remember, the Cyber Army in S8 was her yeah. gift to him. That's true. It all goes full circle. <laughs> Any thoughts? Yours, fully endorsed, Lurith. Candyman Christian. <laughs> Candyman? That's Candyman with a K, by the way. Ah! <laughs> oh, I left Candyman out of my favourite movie monsters. He should have been one of our ups. Oh, oh, it's alright. He can, He's he so can, good, though. If one of the ones we voted for says his name uh, a certain amount of times, then he can pop up. Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Um, Tony Todd. Come on, sing it. Tony Todd! What do you think of that theory? It's not a bad theory. I do think we're going to see John Sim regenerate into Michelle Gomez. Yeah. But, do you know what would be a wasted opportunity if that was the case? Not having him in the same room as her. Mm. If he's going to regenerate into Missy, I want him to mm. do so with Missy in the room. Imagine that. Imagine them changing incarnation, looking at their hands and stuff for a second and being like, oh my god, I'm... Wait a minute. (laughs) And looking back and forth and piecing it together like, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Especially if she keeps it secret from him during the story. If she doesn't let on that she's him. Yes. That would be that would be interesting to play. Yeah. And it'd be nice to see Michelle Gomez acting opposite Michelle Gomez. Yes. So uh keep your thoughts to yourselves, you dirty perverts. I do like Michelle Gomez though. I do. I, I don't care much for Missy, but I do care a lot for Michelle Gomez. I thought she was I thought she was the best thing in Lie of the Land. Yeah. She's wasted though. 
Wasted, yes. Wasted. I think she was the best thing in it. I, I, I would argue the best thing in it was... Um... The end! <laughs> if you want to get in touch during the week, you can do bigdamncontact at gmail.com and of course don't forget you can hit us up at Big Damn Cast on Twitter. Yes, you can. Big Damn Channel on the YouTube. Yes, you can. And Homing Pigeon if you're nasty. And don't forget to keep those cheat requests coming in Wait, for our weekly segment, no. The Big Damn Cheat. I mean, it's not a This week, in honour of Injustice 2, we're looking back at some DC games of old you, with you, Batman Vengeance for the PlayStation 2. I mean, you just kind of do it. The hottest Batman game of all time. But, I mean, no, that's arguably... Here are some cheat codes for Arkham Batman Vengeance. Arkham City was probably the... Enter the following codes at the main menu no. to hero. Whoosh sound. No, that's not what anyone... the cheat menu. Press L two, R two, L two, R two. Square twice, circle twice. Note GameCubes and PS twos anymore. Pause during play. Select power moves. Press X. Then press right to reach the cheats menu. Way For all power that's... moves on hundred and twenty achievement points. L one, L one, R one, R one, L two, R two, L one, R two. Infinite. Handcuffs. I'm just gonna. I'm just mm. gonna go. Kinky Batman. I'm j- I'm square, 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 square. L two, R two, R two, L two. Infinite bat launchers. Infinite bat launchers, Chris. 